0: You don't overhand it. You toss it to each other. It's catch. It's catch with a (laughs) timer. It's all the hot potatoes. Today on
1: Noclip, we are talking about hot potatoes. What kind of
0: extreme hot potatoes have you been playing?
2: Welcome to Noclip. I'm Chad Rowland. I'm JJ Artimes. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And today we're going to be talking about Monster Hunter World. Uh, which is an action RPG which was released in 2018 and published and developed by Capcom. Now before we say literally anything at all about this game uh, I do want to like give a shout out
1: here Ooh. to
2: like uh, Gaijin Hunter Eric's gaming uh, the monster Hunter subreddit uh, Kiranico. All of the online resources that exist surrounding the Monster Hunter franchise, because this is one of the most inscrutable (laughs) games, like, ever (laughs) developed. Uh, And while I have, like, a lot of history with it, thanks to the previous, like, two generations of this game, Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't know how you guys... Got on... I mean, you played for you, JJ. Right. Andy, this is your first, like, Monster Hunter experience. Mm-hmm. And I know from experience that the first time that you play a Monster Hunter game is, like... It is a, just a brick wall.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I didn't have you to ask questions, I would have bounced off this game really hard. Mm-hmm. So...
3: And trust me when I say that having played a previous game in the series is in no way helpful to trying to <laughs> get through. <laughs> yeah, know, it's like just under 100 hours on For You before I finally was like, no, I can't do it. I can't keep climbing. But uh, World had just enough convenience features uh, to let me kind of like... It almost feels like moving through a jungle with well, there's lots of like, annoying weeds and things that sting you and like lots of tiny small individual annoyances that like build up over time but you end up like breaking through the canopy at one point and see like this ridiculous vista Which, in this metaphor, is the cool monsters. That's one of
0: the best metaphors you've ever made on the show, JJ. (laughs) It actually made sense. Oh, wow. (laughs) Specifically,
2: it's like going through a forest in this game, in which the first time that you go through it, you have to, like, force back the vines and break through to the other side, but then after that, you just run through it, and there's no clipping at all. (laughs) And you're like, oh, i got to hunt this monster for the 37th time
3: never understood how those vine things work, because they respawn. Like, I confirmed 100% that they... They, con-
2: they respawn?
3: They come back. They do come back, because I, I went through the same area, like, two days in a row, because it was the same basic run, and uh, had to force myself through the vines again, and I was like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I know that I have pushed I, this I noticed aside. that
0: they, they come back in certain places as well.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, either way... That is a ridiculously tiny mechanical minutia <laughs> to start with. So let's back it up a bit before we get too far into it. Um, the thing that like, the Monster Hunter community, I think, would want to know about this uh, is what perspective we're coming at this from. So what weapons did you guys use in this game? Oh, good point. Uh, in this game,
3: I spent pretty much all all of my time with longsword and heavy bowgun and a little bit of sword and shield just because it's what I used in 4U and I was a little bit already comfortable with it. But what I like out of longsword kind of ended up replacing most of the cool stuff that I would do with sword and shield except for stupid hats. Sword and shield sets much better at incorporating stupid hats into the things that you want to do. That is true. And that was the main utility of that weapon to me.
0: Uh, I played the demo when Chad downloaded it and... I thought that I liked the, what is it, the Charge Blade? Charge Blade. And found out when I actually started playing the game that I was wrong. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> so then I switched to the Switch axe and uh, never looked back. Love the Switch X. Wait, the charge blade and
3: the switch axe are different weapons? Yes. Oh. Um, The
0: charge blade is like a sword and a shield that turn into like a huge axe. uh Uh-huh. And the switch axe is a huge axe that turns into like a sword. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it is. It's like a lightsaber. Uh, I can the, like can s- slowly light. <laughs> yeah, I can see how that can be confusing.
2: Yeah, like, they look
0: similar mm, enough.
2: Yeah, Switch Axe is like a weapon that's all about like consistent and constant DPS, whereas like the uh, Charge Blade is is like the street fighter weapon that's all about like stringing together combos in order to build to a big bursty thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I love both weapons, um, and we get to me. Which is, I love all the weapons in this game, uh, I, and I've played all of them. I, I like to consider myself a jack-of-all-trades in, in the Monster Hunter series. However, if like my guild card is to be believed, then I played the majority of this game with uh, Hunting Horn and Gunlance. And I'm also really, really close on Hammer and Greatsword as
0: well. I think it's fair to say that you're at least a jack of most trades yeah. <laughs> at Monster Hunter. Yeah. In
2: fact, there are only three weapons in the game that I don't really like click with yeah. um, generally, and don't like prefer playing them it, it just in any situation. And those are the uh, longsword, the sword and shield, and uh, the charge blade. Like those three weapons, for some reason, I just cannot uh, wrap my head around. Sword and Shield feels, to me, like it's too, like, piddly. And, like, you don't even get a second sword, like in <laughs> like with the Duel <laughs> of So I just, like... I'm like, what the fuck is this? I don't even need that. Yeah, it's... Which is, of course, bullshit. The Sword and Shield is a really good weapon. I'm just uh, bad with it. So, I've got to be curious. Considering that
3: you've gone through this many trades uh, in your, what, 200 hours or something you put in the world at this point? 204? Oh, I'm sorry. Because I knew I, you
2: would ask. I neglected the
3: four. <laughs> Pardon. Uh, it's very important, uh, yeah. Did it feel like playing 14 distinct video games? Because... <laughs> 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 My goodness, uh, is the uh, amount of, like, complete mechanical difference between weapons absurd. And, and not even just in, like actual gameplay when you're hunting monsters the amount of like side things you need to learn and menus you need to fiddle with between weapons also continues to balloon out between different weapon
2: types yeah this is also part of why uh those three weapons that i named are weapons that like i don't really do well with Mm -hmm. but I feel like if I just like played them enough, eventually I would. Mm-hmm. I, th- I feel like that might just not be the case with the Charge Blade, because I had a second character on 4U that I played like 150 hours on that only used Charge Blade, and I still suck with it, so I don't know. <laughs> I used to do some uh, uh, some 140s uh, back in 4U with the Charge Blade. Shoutouts to my, my 140 homies. Uh, is that like a a drug or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, they used to have um, the like ed- the true end game in for you was these were these um, crazy difficult like sing- like m- single monster challenges. Mm-hmm. Uh, similar to like the investigations in this game like the temperate investigations. Gotcha. But uh, they like scaled way out of control and for Teostra specifically I like to use charge
3: Blade. Speaking of scaling out of control, mm-hmm. how many ends does this
2: game have? Like, like distinct endings? Yes. Uh, depending on how you want to look at it, you only see the credits once. True. Which is unique for this game, actually, as far as I know, of the ones that I've played. Uh, did you really not see the credits after the second Zora Magdaros
1: thing? I don't think so. I'm, I'm pretty sure
2: you get credits only after defeating Xenajima. Oh. Huh. Cool. Actually, I, kinda, I don't want to go in that direction. I kind of want to... Uh, to talk about like the weapons and the design, Cause so I feel like that's a lot of the mechanical meat of this game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like specifically, what uh, did you guys uh, like? Try a bunch of different weapons and then settle on the one that you uh, on the ones that you played with, or did
0: you, did you like pick some stuff and then just at random ended up liking it? Um, I I guess both for me, I started out like trying to try a number of the weapons and then like i tried the sword and shield because i think the game starts you out with it Mm -hmm. uh i messed around with that for a bit and i agree it feels like you're like fighting giant dinosaurs with a pocket knife right (laughs) like it it just doesn't feel good for some reason even though it is a a decent weapon you know Mm -hmm. and yeah the charge blade's super complicated and um and then i i've went to the Switch Axe next, and I really liked the mobility of it. Like, one of the things that's off-putting to me about a lot of the weapons is that you get, like, kind of locked into animations, or if you start an attack facing the wrong direction, <laughs> it's, like, five seconds before you can stop and, like, actually attack the monster. Yeah. The, the Switch Axe in the axe form has a lot of mobility, and it's easy to cancel out of stuff, and... That really clicked with me, so I was like, "This is my weapon."
2: Right, that's uh, that's actually why I like the the switch X and For You, because in that game I actually played very differently. Because I played dual blades and switch X more or less the same amount, like seven hundred some hunts with mm-hmm. each, uh, and also the gunlands. I just really like the gunlands. <laughs>
3: Do you, like, knock people over with the gun portion of the lance? Is you, that... Like,
2: human people? Like, other players? Oh, yeah. yeah, I do that occasionally, but it's usually accidental. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I keep
3: saying people because the monsters have so much personality in this game that I consider them human beings. Right. Uh, but... Monster beings. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as, like, the weapon decision procedure, I when I first booted up the game... Uh, I of course did the thing that you probably shouldn't do for your own fun, but I wanted to do, which was just immediately go and find like the secret training mode, which I actually had to like Google for to figure out.
2: You mean the room with the
3: with the stump? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. yeah. Stump room. Yeah, stump There's room. There's also barrels that explode and other other nice little hills. That's true. There's lots. It's a, it's a good room. It's a solid room for training. Uh, but it's like it's a like, training room. <laughs> it's like three rooms deep in the main hub room, though. So I had
2: to like all things in this game i just had to google it because ooh. i can of yeah like because to me i was like oh the training room only took me like four hours before i knew it was there <laughs> so that's like a real easy mechanic <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so i went
3: there and then you can it has the box right out the open so you can just switch between all the different training weapons right. uh and uh considering that uh when it comes to actual input responses i'm an impatient asshole Uh, So I I really quickly narrowed in on weapons like the sword and shield that I was used to that had relatively fast, uh, like, relatively short gaps between all the animations and more room for you to interact and dodge and move in between the things that you were doing. Right. Uh, So it was essentially just that consideration. Me at the time not wanting to fuck with any ammunition or other coatings or other nonsense.
0: Yeah, I was in the same boat. I was like, I don't even want to touch this shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like a whole other layer. Uh, <laughs> indeed.
3: Uh, so I, I didn't want to deal with any of that, and I wanted—I made a specific decision that I wanted to use a weapon where I, I wasn't always going to be just, like, nubbing at people's feet. Right. I, didn't, I didn't want to feel like, a really angry leech,
2: like I did when I was playing Sword and Sealed, so... See, Dual Blades is, like, the exact, like, cackling imp weapon, (laughs) where you just, like, slice at ankles until they fall over. Mm -hmm. You stand in their face, you literally, like, do, like, a pose (laughs) to go into demon mode, and then you just, like, Yeah, yes. (laughs) It's, uh, that, I think, is, like, the... Uh, epitome of just being a douche <laughs> weapon. Which is why I've played like literally hundreds of hours of it. <laughs> I'd also
3: like to point out that the weapon that is literally like being a douche uh, also has you rave at some point for its maximum damage. <laughs> You're right, yeah. In it's like, information there to be correlated. Yeah, But yeah, so I wanted to make sure I could hit things that weren't ankles, so I was like, oh, the longsword seems long, and like it can hit other things. <laughs> this is true, yeah. Yeah, so it ended up being kind of perfect for me, and I think I made the right decision. I spent like the first hundred, hundred hours of this game doing nothing but longsword, uh, and then at the end of it, I was like, I wanna have some diversity of my experience. What's the least longswordy weapon I could possibly pick to try and learn, and that ended up being heavy bowgun. Where you you don't really dodge as a way to prevent damage, and you have a shield instead of a counter, and you hit, hit it long range, and it's the most
2: fiddly fucking ammo system <laughs> I've ever experienced in a game. Yeah, I, because uh, bowguns are something that like I literally never got into in For You, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, unbelievable. I guess I played light bowgun a little bit in For in You, but in World I finally got into them like earnestly. And honestly, the whole uh, per- like, the whole thing that kept me back from playing them was when you click in the left stick on the menu and <laughs> there's just literally a table. Yeah, just and, a spreadsheet. It's, yeah, it's just like, here's a bunch of names of, of ammo. And then, like, the words low or high or fast, <laughs> slow. Plus <laughs> a plus and minus, little arrows. There's a fucking key on the bottom. Which... The existence of the key is bad enough, it doesn't matter, it only has two items on it, and they're pretty simple to understand. But yeah, I was just like, I don't want to deal with this shit, and then just, like, right. left. The uh, secret
3: is that heavy bowgun isn't a weapon, it's like five weapons or something stupid. Yeah. Uh, and you gotta look, you gotta stare at the spreadsheet for a long time on each one of them to figure out
2: which of the five different, like, rough bowguns it's trying to be. This is my problem, is because I loved... Okay, so I've made both, uh, uh, I've made two Heavy Bowguns, which by the answer to your question, did it feel like playing 14 different video games, mm-hmm. is no. It felt like playing more of that, <laughs> uh, because I've made two Heavy Bowguns, and now with the to Taroth quest, have like a thousand more to pick from, mm-hmm. uh, but I have one that's specifically for Spreadshot, and then I made uh, essentially the exact set that you use with the shield on the, the shattercrest. Mm-hmm. Um why I don't use a shield on the one that requires me to be directly in front of the monster, I don't know. <laughs> and I need to remedy, but still. Uh, <laughs> and that feels totally different. But Lightbow Gun, I think, has more of the problem that you're talking about, in that I'm constantly just like walking in a circle around the monster while I'm like, uh I don't know. Maybe I should use the sleep or mm, exhaust ammo or rapid fire. That I guess that would be good. It's just like I'm like I don't know what to do with this thing. I just end up shooting normal shot the whole time. It's so abstracted too from like what the actual
3: experience of using weapon like that would be like. Because like essentially, if you're looking at that spreadsheet, what that's really representing to you for the bow guns is like all the different types of ammo and clip sizes for that ammo the gun supports and how well it fires it in a couple of different metrics yeah so like it has one there's one gun that in universe has to have like 14 different places to put various clips (laughs) of, of
2: various sizes and supports yeah because the guns themselves like you load by putting uh like you have all of your ammo loaded when you start Right. So, presumably, there's just, like, a thousand... Like, it's like a paintball gun <laughs> with, like, a thousand hoppers on it. Right, you right. just, like, are pouring ammo into <laughs> all of them. It's really weird. Uh, Very weird. That That is how they chose to, to do it. But
3: it is diverse. And it sure is. Yeah. And that is, as a diversity, I can absolutely respect. Because I essentially went from playing a game that felt like... Uh, essentially playing, like, a a really intense close-up action RPG to, like, a Gears of War-style third-person shooter... (laughs) And the only thing that changed was the mechanics on my end, and none of the things
2: I interacted with changed, and right. it still felt appropriate and engaging. Yeah, it's like Marcus Phoenix could like walk into a multiplayer game, like <laughs> invade someone in Dark Souls. Yeah, like <laughs> just like show up with a chainsaw, <laughs> bayonet. You're like, oh, it looks like it's time, to go to town, guys. <laughs> like, and that
3: speaks, that speaks volumes about how well designed pretty much every large monster you encounter will ever be. Because each of those enemies is designed to support, and as far as I know, does so well, playing 14 different mechanic sets in opposition to itself. Like, your, your players could bring so many different complete play styles to the fore against, I don't know, your Anjanath or Big T-Rex, right. and all of them have to be able to kill it, and all of them have to be fun while doing so. And even when I went, like, as far polar opposite as I could on the kind of engagement that I had <laughs> have with the game, uh, it still felt really, really fun to fight the monsters.
0: Mm-hmm. It, That's something that stood out to me a lot as well. Um, that like, it, it was surprising for me to figure out that, like, oh, actually... Would like to confirm with had like, don't all the other games have, like, way more monsters than this?
2: Uh, not all, but most. This has, like, yeah, yeah, this has fewer monsters than the majority, like, the most recent game that came out, which was Generations, had, like, an unholy number of monsters in comparison, yeah. but that all just happened. Yeah, yeah,
0: it stood out to me, like, how well designed all the monsters were, and it seems hard to imagine they could add, like... That many more and have them all like stay that high of a quality. Mm-hmm.
2: This is a very old franchise uh, at this point, and some of the the monsters they brought in, which we can sort of talk about the design of here. Needless to say, I think this is probably the most prepared that I've been for uh, a podcast <laughs> episode. <said>. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, like the the monster designs in this game are kind of unique from previous games because of the new. Way that you interact with the environment. Uh, the fact that the environment is even interactable is actually kind of a new thing. But specifically, the fact that there's a lot more, like people talked about the verticality in For You mm-hmm. uh, when they introduce like the mounting mechanic and jumping attacks and stuff like that. Um, but. Now you can, like, climb a tree and, like, go way high up and jump way far down and do all kinds of shit. Run on walls, hop off them, do a weird, like, bah, jump in a tank. Mm-hmm. It's crazy the number of things that you can do in this game, and so they had to adjust their monster design because of it. Yeah. And yet they still were able to bring back things like Rathian, which of course they were going to bring back, because it's, like, the Monster Hunter monster, mm-hmm. and, uh... Really with very little change to its overall design. Right. I feel like a big thing that
3: they have in their favor when being able to manipulate the designs of these enemies is because the whole appeal of the game is you trying to fight something that seems like ludicrously above you all the time. uh, Everything you face has an enormous health pool, which means it's really hard for you to break specific encounters as they design them easily because nothing you do will ever be able to deal enough damage like in a spike for example to completely nullify something that gets put against you like in another game for example uh, uh, where you're like say some kind of like third person action game uh, where normally it only takes a few hits to be able to down any enemy or encounter that you placed in front of, and you just have to time it correctly. Right. And in a game like that, bringing a chain gun into it would obviously break <laughs> the hell out of it because even if the chain gun did any anywhere close to enough damage to be useful, you would just mow everything down before it got near you. But because everything that you're fighting in this game is some kind of like monstrous Hulk that can tear you limb from limb. Uh, they can balance everything against each other in terms of their DPS in kind of a spreadsheety way, where like as long as everyone's kind of decreasing the health at roughly the same rate over time, the sample size is big enough that you can make the average kind of whatever you want it to be between all the right. different weapons. Uh, and from there, it just becomes a question of how do you program attacks and AI into these monsters where they still do things that's fun and engaging, no matter what distance. The enemy is from the monster. Like you want every monster to have a big jumping attack to go against the people that have guns, or some kind of like really fun
2: jump or slash for the people close to them. Those like monsters have ranged options, things like that, to keep uh, hunters on their toes. Hmm. I do want to, I do want to continue on this thread, but I want to sidebar very quickly. Yeah. uh, To address uh, like a big talking point uh, about this game. Cool. In generations, they switched the attack display to what they call true raw which is where it shows the amount of damage that the weapon does actually which is like the number that's going to be factored into the calculation for damage when you make an attack mm-hmm. uh, And then in this game they went back to what people are calling like the bloated attack value system. The reason for that is basically what you just described where you want to like uh, if you like the amount of damage done on average should be, about the same across weapons of like a certain rarity Mm -hmm. but they don't want to give the impression that like oh my greatsword and my sword and shield do exactly the same amount of damage yeah yeah so even if the true raw is the same they want to inflate the greatsword damage to let people know like how they are Yeah, yeah but the people who say that they should just allow you to toggle it because in the end game it becomes kind of confusing and it's not the mysticism isn't there anymore. <laughs> That's correct. That's what they should do. It's it's because the utility of those numbers
3: and in most damage numbers in most video games, generally RPG or otherwise, isn't in order for the player to sit back and make calculations about like how efficiently over time they can take <laughs> out this boss. The numbers are there st- mostly for the player to make comparisons and trade-offs against other numbers of other weapons or strategies and options that they have so it for in that kind of situation inflating it is fine if it accents the different trade-offs and comparisons like making the great sword seem like it, it deals so much more damage because of the inflation value is fine because the actual trade-off to that weapon is you deal huge chunks of damage at one time with huge
2: wait times right yeah that's all, that was the whole sidebar. I just <laughs> <laughs> for some reason that debate keeps raging, but I feel like there's yeah. a very clear game design design reason for it to be there. Oh
3: yeah, it when the differences between the numbers that are on screen are on all in the magnitude of hundreds it's way more exciting for the player when they can look at that and, and feel that it's different from the perspective of people who've played seven thousand hours of this video game yeah which will be most people who actually want to talk about this or even know that it exists <laughs> uh it is probably like it's straight inconvenient because the mysticism is away and you're at the point where you know that all these things over time are going to like average out in roughly the same rate it's not that big of a choice um but yeah it's it's a good decision for people like me who want to who want to look at the weapons and be like oh this is a big fat cool thing and not
2: right. try and do math uh, what is, okay <laughs> <laughs> while we're on yeah. this the subject just briefly mm-hmm. i do want to say um the the numbers thing like the fixes it's an rpg and rpgs love fucking numbers uh it has this whole situation where, in this game... Like, we was talking about that, like, the feeling the magic of, like... Uh, you know, being deceived by the weapon numbers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, also has this side thing where, in all previous games, it didn't display damage numbers. So you couldn't attack a thing and know exactly how much damage you were doing. Now, Now, as I am... As barely a person anymore, mm-hmm. and more just a living calculator <laughs> for Monster Hunter gear loadouts, uh, I feel like the damage numbers are helpful to me in like in min-maxing and figuring out like what thing I want to do the most. Right. I feel like it ruins the early game experience, and it sucks that this. What well, doesn't suck that this game sold as well as it did. But the fact that the majority of Monster Hunter players, this was their first game yeah. now, uh, the fact that they've always had damage numbers is going to, like. Because part of the fun in the original games was being like, oh no, like, I have no idea how long it's going to take me to kill this thing because I'm just whacking it and it doesn't seem to be showing any damage. Mm-hmm. And then, like, having the very uh, sort of natural way that this game shows monsters getting weaker like exhaustion limping part breaks stuff like that it all feels very good without the damage numbers
0: yeah yeah i love the damage numbers (laughs) i I was i was shocked to find out that they were never in the games before this Mm -hmm. Uh, like i already am the kind of person that hates when bosses don't have health bars (laughs) this game gets around it with very like you brought up like very good design where like if you whack at a specific place enough, it starts to show, like, scratches and wear, and, like, you can tell that you're breaking the monster down so that, like, supplements a health bar because right. you can, like, tell you're actually doing something. But, like, the damage numbers are just, like, fantastic, I think, <laughs> because, like, and they're enc- I think they're encouraging in the early game. I guess that's probably true
2: because... Well, my first experience with 4U, which I don't even know at this point how I got through that game sometimes. (laughs) Because, like, it seems so not me. I think I just literally didn't have anything else to do. (laughs) Uh, But there were times when I would just be, like, butting my head up against something and just being like, I have no idea what's going on. (laughs) I don't know if I'm doing anything good. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like, I think in this kind of a game that's, like, can be so hard to wrap your head around all the mechanics, like, knowing that you're actually, like, how much damage you're actually doing and, like, being able to tell which part of the monsters are weak so you can actually feel like you're doing the right thing is very valuable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with Andy on
3: specifically its utility as showing different weakness points. Uh, I'm at the point where, and this might be a thing for all I know, I would turn it off now if I could, just because I want to turn off as many of the menus in this game (laughs) that are on screen during the actual hunts as I can. Good news,
2: they just updated the game so you can now make the HUD bigger. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good. Uh, Yeah, I don't... The
3: game is good enough at communicating through animation and and visuals, and even uh, some like sparks and light in the way that your weapons react when they hit weak areas versus normal areas versus bad thick areas. Right. But it's not really this thick the right word.
2: There? Well, it depends on the. Uh, well, it depends on two things. One, like it depends on what monster we're talking uh-huh, about, uh-huh. and two, it depends on whether you're spelling it with a K or two C's. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Which also depends, monster to monster, of course. Right, but speaking of thickness with two Cs, <laughs> mm-hmm. I did want to talk about one monster design specifically. Well, I want to talk about a bunch of monster designs, mm-hmm. but the one that I think is most important to this game... Um, so you played for you, Yes. And in Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate, the first monst- big monster that you fight is a monster called the Great Jaggy. Mm-hmm. And... People love the Great Jaggy. He was, like, the first monster in Monster Hunter, like, on the PlayStation 2. And it's kind of, like, traditional that this dude show up and be, like, a shitty bird guy. <laughs> uh, and everyone's like, uh uh-huh, it'd be great. And, like, people wanted, like, level 140, like, huge, super hard Great Jaggies and stuff. Uh, the Great Jaggy, as a first monster, Sucks. Like, he is terrible as a first monster because he does not do anything to enforce what players should be doing in the game other than, like, did you know about the dodge button? (laughs) The Great Jagras is a master class in a tutorial monster because he is the the first dude that you're going to come up to that's going to be, like, an actual threat. But he's also an enormous punching bag. Mm-hmm. To the point where his hitbox even becomes larger if you do enough damage to him and he goes and eats, like, a big uh, aptanoth, or whatever they're called. So you get this, like, both the first monster experience, where you fight a monster and it's, like, actually a long, drawn-out fight. You're using entry-level weapons, so it's going to take you a, a, a while to kill him. Mm-hmm. But you also get that catharsis of, like every attack you land hits and pops up a big number like it's it's so good and i don't know i just love great jaggers it really shows also the decision to
3: make it so that he i think almost exclusively some other big monsters interact with other big monsters but at least for a long time the great jaggers is the first thing you'll see that'll straight up eat other things in the environment and just like walk away uh, and that's a great way to tutorialize to the player, help things in the environment that you're in interact with each other as you go, which ends up being like a major factor in later hunts once you start getting more big monsters at a time in a zone and they start having turf wars or, I guess now after the update, sometimes just picking each other up and throwing each other large distances.
2: Yeah, we got a... Uh, uh, Andy recently oh, yeah. got to the, the quest where you fight a uh, Legiana and a... Uh, Odagaran, and uh, like I would never seen that quest played since the update, mm-hmm. and just like a devil dude just like rolled in and just like ate
0: the Odagaran and then left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also like a Tetsiaku showed up as well, so it was like a shit show in this one spot. <laughs> And yeah, yeah, like the the Devil just rolled in and just like wrecked the, whatever it's called Odagon or, or whatever doggy the red dog yeah the red the dog. red dog uh, it just wrecked him <laughs> like it just just like to the part <laughs> to the point where you think he would stop he just kept going <laughs> and until he finally ran away yeah. <laughs> That sucks when you're actually fighting the
2: devil jab. When you aren't, it's just the best. You can just, like, pop a squat and, like, wait for
3: him to leave.
2: <laughs> and That's really probably my favorite feature of the
3: endgame, is how much the environmental interactions start to get highlighted more and more between the large monsters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, I, I don't think... I think probably my best memory with this game going forward will be once, uh, God, is it actually pronounced Bezeljuice? What's the real name of that creature? Uh,
2: yeah, I pronounce it either Bezeljuice or Basiljuice. Okay. Like, it's spelled, like, the ending, anyway, is spelled, like, uh, like you know, like, Beetlejuice or right. the star. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be a safe
3: yeah. understanding. So... Once that guy starts first showing up in Hunts as the first time that you see, like, oh, sometimes a huge thing that you can't deal with will just appear and wreck your day, and you've got to <laughs> deal with that. Uh, I love that as a, as a twist on what has, until that point, just been, like, you, monster, one-on-one, prolonged combats. Right. Um, and the amount of comedy that it constantly introduced <laughs> into my experience, <laughs> especially since, like, uh, you know, at that point, you've been playing the game for a long time. A lot of your behaviors get automated, mm-hmm. and I was a stupid person and often wasn't paying enough attention to the audio cues. So sometimes I just like wouldn't hear when the first part of its little soundtrack would enter, and right. I was supposed to be like, "Uh oh, look to the skies! There's, right. a, there's a fucking explosion coming your way!"
2: <laughs> <laughs> <You're> like, ah! <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> probably my favorite one that I ever, probably <laughs> my memory with this game entirely. Uh, is I was in uh, the Coral Highlands, the best zone, the the best zone. Uh, We'll talk
2: about zones, but I agree. Yes, (laughs) for
0: sure.
3: For sure. Uh, And jumped off one of the many massive clips uh, to try and get like a downward... plunging attack on a legiana that was just fucking around downstairs scratching up things and making loud noises we're just Uh, gonna
2: acknowledge right now that we both know that you said clips instead of cliffs (laughs) (laughs) but if we didn't if we didn't say something about it would have just kept building and Mm -hmm. one of us would have died okay (laughs) thanks
3: (laughs) so speaking of things dying so i leap off this just enormous cliff That where it takes like a solid three count for you to hit the ground. Right. And it's like mid air as I'm like winding up for the slash (laughs) when I just hear, like, and then right on the last duh comes in like the bezel juice with the scream on like the downward slash and like it's going over the legionia and i hit it mid-air as it's flying and mounts it instead and then it just like flies off a different direction yeah, it goes
2: to a different area yeah to a
3: completely different zone just like carries me totally away uh i'm just like no it's like the 14th time it's interrupted me at that point in my progression uh, it just it it really gained a personality for it being this just
2: piece of shit that always ruined my day in yeah. the best way. My question is, as somebody who's played Four You, how do you compare uh, Basil to Siregius? You act like I remember what these monsters are from Four cool. You. In in uh, in in Four You, there were three monsters that could invade. Uh, Seregius, Devil Joe, and Rajang. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rajang was a huge ape they only invaded in G rank. Mm-hmm. So the important ones for this discussion are Devil Joe, who's back, and Seregius, who looks even a little bit like Basil, but his shitty thing is that he could make you start bleeding, mm-hmm. which is the worst status uh, to have. And. Uh, I really, like, I hated Basil for the longest time because, like, the fact that he would drop exploding things on the ground Mm -hmm. was, uh, almost like... I was like, this is just inescapable death uh, (laughs) all the time when this happens, especially when I'm using something with a gun lance, which doesn't, like, uproot and leave all that fast. (laughs) Um, and actually even, uh... Insect Glaive is, like, fucked over pretty massively by that guy, too, because he's always in the air. Mm -hmm. You can't evade him by, like, jumping and then going over here because he'll just fly in and and take your head off. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I don't know. By the end of the game, I kind of loved him. Mm -hmm. But now I'm just glad that Devil Joe is in the game as well because it's more fun that way. Devil
3: Joe just always comes off to me like a big meat mass. It's like the angriest sausage I will ever know. The
2: community uh, refers to him as a pickle okay. because he's green mm-hmm.
3: and bumpy. It's fair. That it is fair. Yeah, he's just he. I, he's one of the monsters uh, that, especially after the update, I just tend to try and avoid or like let him have his space. He's one of the few things that has, has constantly kept my respect, and uh, even in the end game, feels like a thing that could eat me at any time. So yeah. I try and I try and back off.
2: That's uh, I think uh, the appropriate reaction I have <laughs> to Do. Everything. Is every monster is so good. Every, I, f- I feel like
3: I could you could write a webcomic starring all of these various monsters. Yeah, and... I was going
0: to say, all the designs feel like they're good enough that they could be on the cover. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. All, all the designs are great.
2: As somebody who doesn't have the game in a physical
0: form,
1: mm-hmm.
0: who is on the cover? It's uh, I think it's a Arathian fighting an Anjanath is on the cover.
1: Oh,
2: so there isn't
0: like a bot. That's...
2: I guess Anjanath would be the uh, the flagship.
0: He's, he's like the the heavily highlighted one in the early game.
2: Yeah, it depends on
3: which which box you get because some of them I know also have a cover art that have I don't know Mr. Spiny Means, who's the who's Nergigante? Ms. Nergigante, yeah, I this. think is
0: Mr. Spiny. Mr. Spiny Means, <laughs> Mr. Spiny Means. Uh,
2: but I think that he yeah he would definitely be like the flagship. I guess. Mm-hmm. Though it's weird that he's an elder dragon. Well, he's not an elder, he counts as an elder
0: dragon.
3: Yeah, there are many things that aren't dragons or and don't seem particularly elder that are still elder
2: dragons because...
3: I think
0: the, he's referred to as, like, the devourer of elder dragons or something right. like that. He, he's
2: not, like, classified as an elder dragon as far as I know, uh, but the game mechanically treats him as such mm-hmm. in just full stop. Right. No, no difference.
3: Indeed. Biologists in this game are, are kind of shit. What now? The fictional biologists in this game. Oh. They don't seem very good at their jobs.
2: Uh, I don't know. I mean, they don't... What Like, what do you expect them to do? Not murder everything they encounter. They don't murder everything they encounter. They can't murder everything they encounter. They suck at fighting. <laughs> no, 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 not like... Not the
3: biologists themselves are murdering. You are part of a large enterprise whose entire goal is... Is to murder monsters for them to, for some kind of nebulous
2: research goals.
3: <laughs> Even the monsters that you capture alive and sedate, they, they just then like...
2: put in like a in like a Mad Max Thunderdome <laughs> <Right>.
3: <laughs> for you to murder for your own amusement and nothing else.
2: Mm-hmm. Other oh, sweet, sweet parts.
3: Where is that Thunderdome? Fictionally, Wait, also where is the like, oh, like the, the arena? To yeah, the... yeah. Not not the arena that has the wall in the center that pops up. That one is established to be on the coast somewhere, and you're like it's like an island that you that you ship yourself out to. Is this a real thing? Yes. If you, I didn't know. If that. you turn around from where that at, you you start on a ship, and you can go out and look around, and you see all the different ships, and you're like, oh, this must be just another place on the shore that you go to. I think
2: you've you've discovered just how much of like a mechanical exercise this game is for me. <laughs> Very much, but there's there's another, of it there's absolutely no i don't even i don't
3: know where the thunderdome is or how yeah. they get things there
0: in my mind it exists somewhere between astera and the, the desert area the oh, the wild spire yeah the wastes. They just like, it's they like, like a, a little mountain mountain yeah yeah or they just sure. found
3: one with like a little open little open volcano peak and they just fucking pushed a jagras in there and just <laughs> let
2: it uh, also the special arena Fuck the special arena just, like, wholesale because what? of the fact that you have to crawl through that thing to get into it. <laughs> like, there's, I, like, I've played this game for 204 fucking hours, and I will still run into the water area and go, like, oh, wait, and then, like, have to turn
0: around and go crawl through the thing. Wait, really? they put <laughs> yeah. a nice lantern next to the hole in the ground. I'm usually Shit. just
2: holding up and R1. Okay, we see the problem now. Yeah. We see the problem. Yeah.
0: It's so the monsters can't get out of the special arena. Uh, yeah, it's for the world building, yeah. shed. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, literally, mechanically, it's so they can't leave the right. arena and come outside. Well, they, they can't... Well, okay, I guess in the arenas, they don't ever, like, jump.
3: Well, they can they, get up on the oh, on can the they? Oh, I've, oh never, yeah.
0: I've never had that happen.
2: Yeah. It'll happen occasionally. And also, like, there'll be the, like, uh, penultimate quest, I guess, depending on how you want to look at it. Uh, is fighting like four different monsters in the special arena, and one of them is Diablos, who somehow oh. has the ability to dig under the ground and then pop up at the top, mm-hmm. which is just stupid. Mm-hmm. But... I
0: mean, they can do that in the in the actual map. Yeah,
2: they they crawl up the uh up the, the cliffs like, and stuff. Yeah, the plateaus and whatnot. So scary! So scary! So <laughs> many of
3: those things and the things they can do. And really, you seem so dopey by comparison, which is one of my favorite things about the way that you're characterized, because no matter how late into the game you get, and no matter how much fucking, like, Warcraft, like, chest-sized pauldrons you accumulate on your person, if, if you ever have to, like, sheath and run, you just look like the stupidest jackass, just, like, doing your big old jog.
0: And if I remember correctly, they've even, like, toned it down in this game. Like, I feel like watching the character run in other games is, like, way more doofy. Yeah. You're
2: always, like, running. Like, well, I love it. It's kind of in this game, but it was worse than the Worse, quote, unquote, meaning way better. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) It's like if you had the camera facing your character as you're running. Like, he's always, like, looking over his shoulder. Like, it's a total cartoon run. Mm -hmm. (laughs) In the old games, like, after you would drink a potion, like, you would drink it quickly, but then you would flex. Like, it was an unavoidable action to flex <laughs> after drinking a potion, which means that you're like, uh, it, it basically takes the same amount of time, but you were stationary. Uh, they toned that down, they so your character isn't quite as much of a
0: dumbass.
2: Uh, they really just speak to the
3: strange levity that I find spread over all of this game. Not strange
2: as in bad, just strange as in just, like, Totally inconsistent, almost? If another developer had made this game, uh, and I mean, it, it, like, because Capcom is such like a large company, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, you can't like nail down exactly like, oh, this is Capcom's like thing. Yeah. Um, d- the director is a guy named Yuya Takuda, uh, who's actually, like, uh, I believe, the son of like the CEO of Capcom, oh, geez. which is a little bit weird, but... At the same time, uh, he sort of has, like, he, he's the, like, creative vision behind this game for the most part. Yeah. And, uh, like, I think that that's sort of, like, where this levity comes from. Because it's always been in the series, and it's the first thing that made me go, like, the hell is this? Like, in comparison to the rest of the game. Like, you're constantly being followed around by a dumb cat uh, who just does. Weird shit. All just the time. Does
3: goofy stuff yeah. with a big smile on his face and like throws out puns and bad like Pokemon yeah. speak.
0: Right, yeah. It feels like it's like a bunch of anime tropes. Like it feels like back I mean, this is just my like speculation, but it feels like when they made the first one like on the ps2 they were like we want this like action rpg it's mostly mechanical you just like fight big bosses and it's like well like how do we like you know aesthetically coat this or like you know like give it a personality or whatever like Just, like, throw on some anime tropes. (laughs) It feels like they weren't very concerned with the tone or the consistency of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then it's just, like, over time become tradition. Mm -hmm. It has blended into something Mm -hmm. that is itself a cool callback. Yeah, I, I think in this game it's actually, like, executed pretty well. Like, it doesn't feel jarring in the way that when I would watch Chad play for you, like, over his shoulder sometimes, it just, like, stood out like a sore thumb.
3: Yeah, when I said inconsistent, I didn't mean like inconsistent with itself. Like a game with sharp tonal like tonal shifts. This mm-hmm. game's tone is pretty consistent. It's just inconsistent with like what you would expect the tone of a game to be, where you like fight dinosaurs with huge
2: fucking swords. Yeah, like the the tone of Monster Hunter World is
0: dramatic irony. <laughs> like that, that is its entire purpose. I feel like even the weapons are kind of like ironically silly. Mm-hmm. Like they're just like these massive fucking, like, goofy, switchy, like, laser sword, whatever weapons, like. Well, that's the
2: laser sword part's new, but you were correct entirely. Uh, the, it's, yeah, it's fucking strange, because, like, uh, y- even, like, if you go back in the series, there's, like, there's all this discussion, like, that they thankfully toned down a lot in World because it doesn't make sense and is not the point of this game, Mm -hmm. but where there's like three main races that are essentially like the classic humans, elves, dwarves thing uh, in Monster Hunter, Where there's humans and there's wyvarians, and then I forget the third, because whatever, who cares? Uh, But they're always like, humans are the only uh, race that can really be hunters, because of whatever. But nobody ever goes like, because over the years, humans have somehow developed the strength to carry a sword that's like a thousand feet long. <laughs> it's so weird because they they try and keep everything as grounded as possible aesthetically Except for that even like mechanically to some
3: extent because for most games in which you have the ability to carry around Seven tons of steel on your person at any time right you're pretty like weak your character is not Very strong and the further into the game you go even at the end game when the monsters end up scaling in power Faster than you scale in power mm-hmm. and you can just get fucking eaten and die <laughs> no matter How good you are at the game? Uh, we've already talked about how dopey you walk and how much you can just like trip and fall over and how long it takes you to do anything for most of the weapons in this game. Like, you don't feel like a super empowered, cool guy, right? Most of the time, it, it takes a lot of effort for you to know your weapon and your timings and your openings well enough for you to feel like you're like an awesome hunter. You have to really earn that in a way that,
0: aesthetically, you don't often have to in a lot of other games where you carry huge swords. Yeah, it's like, I remember when I first tried out the Switch axe. It's like this giant, hulking axe, <laughs> and the handle's only, like, this big. Yeah, you just kind of, you know? like, hold it. It's and, just and the and length of your hand. Yeah, <laughs> it's, like, the length of both your hands, and, you, and that's, like, in the axe form is, like... Mobility mode—you can <laughs> run around like quickly. Yeah. You're just like carrying it effortlessly, <laughs> and then for some reason, when you switch it, even though it's the same exact size and weight, uh, it is just now flipped. Uh, it is now somehow heavier, and you have to like stagger yeah. around and use it like a great sword.
2: It's the the center of balance is all different. Yeah. You're like, yeah. yeah.
0: Now that it's all more in one place, <laughs> I can it's run really around. Really weighing with it. You down. Yeah. <laughs> Though I get what you're angling at with the anime tropes, Andy. Right. Uh, I think, I agree with you, that was almost, that was almost certainly like the way an- that it started. Right, yeah, like anime that's more aimed at children. Right, yeah, right. Like, like something you'd see in Pokemon or something like that. <laughs> I feel like by this point, by Monster Hunter World, it has
3: fused with the, like, realistic settings and the groundedness of the rest of the combat to form this tone that I can only describe as, like, 1850's pulp biology like those books that you would read with the guys in the bowler hats who was like I'm going to bring whiteness to Africa oh, and they're like right. and, and they're like run over and like
0: kill a bunch of snakes in the jungle and like like the kind of fiction where sinkholes are a problem. Right like the like, kind of fiction that like inspired Indiana Jones exactly, like a, yeah. adventure serials like
3: that but like nowhere near as self aware or good as Indiana Jones right. where it's just like a guy who's, who's like rescuing people who are brown in bikinis from their own problems or whatever? Some kind of really, really arrogant over, over. But yeah, it feels like that where everyone's like super happy and like confident in what they're gonna do, but what they're actually doing is just like killing everything around them indiscriminately and yeah. turning them into stuff.
2: I mean, it's good stuff, man. It's very good stuff. You
1: know, it's sweet stuff. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: <sighs> I mean, I feel like largely you're right. The game. T- uh, wants, like, its main narrative to be something about, like, the balance of nature, but it does nothing to reconcile the fact that, like, <laughs> I have single-handedly slaughtered, like, 70 pink Rathians, and, like, mm-hmm. that's gotta do something to the surrounding <laughs> ecosystem. Because, <laughs> like, uh, there isn't that much on-land space in the New World, right? Uh-huh. And... Pink Rathians are pretty big, I would say. Like, they're large (laughs) monsters. There probably can't be that many of them there. Like, I've wiped out, like, if we had a starting number, I've probably hit, like, at least 30% of (laughs) them. You don't even have to
3: go for Pink Rathian. Like, you fight, like... Elder Dragons. Like, Zenojiva, is is implied by the narrative to be, like, this totally unique, perfect engine of destruction. <laughs> the the born, only
2: one of them. Yeah, yeah, born
3: from the light at the center of the universe, or whatever. And you just murder it immediately. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Well, they're like, you have to murder it immediately. <laughs> yeah. It's the only way we know how to deal with problems.
0: <laughs> In the defense of that situation, it does seem like it's super dangerous. <laughs> it's true. Even that, though... Because we're talking like, about It's kind design, of like personified uh, for, for as like a force of destruction that needs to go away. Yeah. <laughs> True. Well, yeah, it's not even
2: like considered like a natural thing. It's just yeah. like a weird conglomerate of energy, <laughs> which is, I think, a first for the series. The first time they've been like, this is literally not meat anymore. This is just <laughs> <laughs> it's this, an
1: this
3: energy is... monster. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh,. <laughs> Jesus
3: Christ <laughs> <laughs> Like all the elder dragons Like they presumably have young somewhere But they're all supposed to be these like Ancient personifications of Nature Like you know the Kushlodora Or however you're supposed to pronounce that Kushidi yeah, Cushy D. That's the D. actual D. pronunciation. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's good,
2: Straight from the developers. Cushy D. In the memorial the... Of vape him, of, monster. i Cliffy D. It's <laughs> That's Cliffy B. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Cliff Blazinski. I just always... I put the D because he's a dick.
0: Yeah, <laughs> because
2: but. he's a deora. God damn it. From the Connecticut Deoras. Yes, the Connecticut Deoras. <laughs> what they do, apparently, is just create
3: these hurricanes wherever they go. Right. They're just like natural tornadoes that move. But yeah, so there's lots of creatures in this universe that are themselves engines of destruction that reproduce themselves. For sure, themselves, yeah. And yet society still seems to be fine, wherever society is. We know there has to be a society elsewhere.
2: Maybe there just isn't a society. Maybe this is the problem. They're like, we keep, we've keep, we killed literally thousands of these monsters. Mm-hmm. We can't set up a fucking tent without one of them <laughs> stepping on it. It's kind of like the happiest zombie apocalypse <laughs> narrative. Everyone's totally cool. It's like, eventually we're going to get yeah. there. The planet <laughs> it's, del- it's all very fatalist.
0: <laughs> the planet is so overpopulated with monsters. <laughs> like, they're given this task by like a deity like this is how their uh the apocalypse for the uh, monster race is that there's just a bunch of humans that will descend <laughs> and just murder them until they're all gone right as as it was foretold because <laughs> they don't really have anything as far as like technology
2: goes they what? mostly just know how to like make weapons they're like
3: fantasy industrial era like they could The technology displayed is it fantasy industrial
2: era, like an actual era that would have existed, like the bronze age or something. (laughs) No,
3: no. that's too modern. I don't mean like industry in a fantasy setting. I mean like industrial revolution, but with gears eight times as large as any gear has ever been made in on Earth. (laughs) Steampunk industrialism, not even.
0: I don't don't know it's like a more like. It's less full on steampunky and more just kind of borrows from that yeah. aesthetic yeah yeah
3: like there are no trains somehow despite <laughs> the feats of engineering way beyond anything trains could
2: ever hope to aspire to right i'm just like all i'm doing right now is just imagining like the smithy's like workshop and like cuz they have like conveyor belts and shit mm-hmm. like, yeah, that,
0: that's they have that lift
2: yeah
3: man. that's
0: going
2: on yeah they could easily like they could make like classic
3: iron and brimstone mechs i feel like if, right. if they if they were really they wanted to apply themselves to something that wasn't monster murder.
2: Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They also have flying boats. Oh, yeah, they have flying boats, yeah. Which they seem... Okay, I realize how far away from your point we're now getting. <laughs> Please bank it, because I, I need to be like, hey, remember how you do a whole quest line in order to make that boat fly, and then they just kind of hang it off a balloon <laughs> lengthwise and are just like... This is fine. <laughs> we just roll with it. This seems cool. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's anchored still. if you if you turn around
3: <laughs> in the coral highlands, like the main place you start, there's just a huge goddamn anchor. yeah. Right, it's just like just you amazing. slide
0: That's how you get to the camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, like What was even the point in the first place when you have like a personal pterodactyl that could just fly you there? <laughs> <laughs> I think they wanted to move the research base oh, to the Rotten right. Vale, which as far as I know... That's, that seems like a bad idea. True. <laughs> it also
2: seems like the plot forgot about it, because yeah, they never do. Cause, <laughs> cause
0: it, yeah, it gets stopped by the... the whatever, Leggiano. Leggiano, that's it. Mm-hmm. And then they're just like, oh, well, we tried. <laughs> <laughs> You can just walk there. You have
2: a (laughs) 70-year-old woman to help you uh, get there? That's fine. (laughs) To be
3: fair, third feet... Third feet. Third fleet seems kind of lazy in general. Mm-hmm, like yeah. their leader is just like some incense sucker that just like <laughs> yeah. lays on a bunch of yeah, huge she, pillows. Well, she's
0: like a classic elf lady, where she's super aloof mm-hmm. and just she, doesn't care. Mm-hmm.
2: You yeah, know, like when people in like Disney movies get turned into animals, I think that the reverse happened to the caterpillar from uh, Alice uh, in Wonderland, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and it just became that woman. Are you yeah. implying
3: the caterpillar from Alice in Wonderland is like sexy in an aloof way but not for you
2: (laughs) (laughs) no I think the caterpillar is uh, like likes to lay around and smoke hookah which I think is what has happened here (laughs) (laughs) hookah has happened here hookah happened Don't anyway, what
3: was your original point? Oh, uh, that th- that the tone of this game seems like it, it's pulled directly out of like pulp novels, and how like oblivious it is to its own
2: impact, but then completely happy about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all. All right, uh, we will regroup <laughs> our thoughts here in a minute, uh, and hopefully wait until whatever that hammering is yeah. stops. So Indeed. let's take a break. Indeed. All right. Welcome back from the break. While we were on the break, uh, we were talking about some of the stuff that, like, we could bring up here uh, and, like, continue the discussion. Uh, and something kind of came up that we didn't address fully, I think, on the first half, which is this: uh, the we made fun of like the bowgun ammo spreadsheet and mm-hmm. how weird it is. And the fact that if I wasn't, like, so invested in this series, the amount of, like, ridiculous menuing (laughs) would uh, probably be a massive turnoff for me. And I'm wondering, sort of, I guess, how, Andy, your first experience with it, because the shitty thing about it, like, the shitty truth, (laughs) is that this is probably the best it's ever been. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Um, oh God, where do you even start? Uh I I came into this game, like, I, I've, I knew you had played it a bunch, and I've heard other people talk about it. I expected it to be, like, hard to get into, but it was hard to get into in a different way than I expected. Like, I expected it to, like, be difficult to get into, like, gameplay-wise. I did not anticipate that everything would be buried... Like every like basically every mechanic is buried under something right like that you where you have to like kind of work a little bit to figure it out uh like JJ brought up earlier like just like you have a room where you can go to like in the hub and like that's not even like told to you and it's hard to find right. <laughs> like, yeah you know, just like things like that where then, they just start you in it but like right. it's easy to forget oh yeah uh given like how much stuff is' dumped on you to mm-hmm. learn. Uh, but, like, every, like, NPC you talk to with a exclamation point above their head is, like, tutorial, and it's just, like, the classic text dump tutorial that's, like, three pages of, like, a solid wall of text for you to read. <laughs> yeah. And it's all very overwhelming, and without uh, a friend to, to help you weed out what you need to care about at any given time, um, or a wiki, or whatever, or a tutorial, it's so off-putting yeah. because like and there's a lot of stuff like if i didn't know high rank was a thing already i probably would have like pissed around in low rank and made like way too much armor and wasted so much time and like there's all kinds of stuff like that where like you have you have no idea what you're supposed to care about right now <laughs> Like what's the best thing for you to be doing like what's relevant what you know what you can ignore for now and what it's most important to, like, beat that monster you're having trouble with, <laughs> et, cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Like, and you'll be playing the game for, like... 30 hours, and they'll be like, here's a charm. And you're like, this seems like an important mechanic. <laughs> and it's, it's a defense charm. And it's like, is this important? They didn't give it to me till now. Right? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'll put it on. Are well, there more of these that I can buy from some NPC I haven't met yet? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe even the same NPC? No. Yeah, it's just, yeah. I feel like It's really hard to get into, like, it does not have, like, a guiding hand, which really, like, puts you through all this stuff in, like, a logical progression. Right. And I think that's its biggest hurdle.
2: And just to, like, drive this point home, I'm the kind of person who wants this game to be about fighting monsters, and shockingly, it is mostly not about fighting monsters. (laughs) It's about, like, fiddly equipment management and item gathering. Uh, and if you want to be as efficient as possible in this game, you go hunt a monster. Then you return to town and you... <coughs> go check your tail Rider Safari, make sure that they're still going on a thing. You Man. go to the uh, Harvest Box, make sure that you've got all that stuff, managed, reapply a fertilizer, pick up anything that's been collected so far. You go check to see if the Argosy is in port so you can buy stuff from them. Uh, You check your wish list, make sure that you've not picked up enough stuff to make a new weapon, new item, new something. Uh, Upgrade your weapon, upgrade your armor. uh, Eat a meal, restock your items, then go find another monster. Like, it's a huge amount of stuff that you can do in between each thing. And that, like, and if you just don't do it, then you aren't playing, like, Optimally, Mm -hmm. you even
0: even mentioned a few things there. Like, uh, the harvest box is a thing that you could totally miss. Like, you (laughs) might just not talk to that guy or just do the quest that he gives you because there's like a million quests. Mm -hmm. Or, and like, the what are they called? The you can send the cats to go, right? Yes, I did that. I sent them maybe twice. I always forget to go talk to them and send them on a mission or whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. there's so much stuff. They keep track of and stuff that's easy to miss.
3: And the game has all these menus in place, like an alert system that's like, Oh your tall your tall riders are back, you need to deal with this and you need to the box is full and go back to the to the people who give you the other missions that are different than the initial missions. But distinguish between the three types of missions in the non-specific mission it's it's you just get assaulted. So much, and it, like it's even it's even worse because they took the time to implement a system in which you're alerted that you need to like walk to a place to deal with this, mm-hmm. but couldn't just like drop the stuff in the but in the botany box automatically into your items. Yeah, you, you could they could they just couldn't do that. You had to have a separate box and a person you run to to go like look and see what it's at, and then just hit the A button a bunch of times. Right, you dump it all in where it's supposed to go, like. There's so much more room for automation here and I don't really see what the design is gaining by like forcing you to walk to all these different places. Sometimes even like different maps, like sometimes you have to go over because you don't automatically at least i didn't know automatically that you could do tall writer stuff from your room right so i, so I kept having to like go w- back to the research base yeah i'd like hit, hit like a loading screen in between when you're just dicking around trying to mm-hmm. manage your essentially like this estate that you're trying to fiddle around with to get uh, this industry go up and working and, and granted it does feel like an industry so i suppose that's a benefit but like it's not what i'm here for like this it, it's 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 almost like try. It's almost like an MMO to me in a lot of ways. This game is very MMO-ish. It has that same scent to me. But instead of trying to like fiddle around and sell things that you found to human beings, you're fiddling around with NPCs to try and optimize your like income gain.
2: Yeah, my my uh, like comparison was that it was like. Uh, Shadow of the Colossus, but every time that you rode aggro, you instead played a game of Sim City. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh I fought a big monster. Now I have to make sure that like there's water running to my municipalities. <laughs> <laughs> and then I fight another monster. <laughs> oh, yeah. And instead
3: of deep, compelling drama you have meowster cats that yeah. I
0: don't know, I wanna <laughs> Right. So I, give you I, I feel like the the fix that the game needs is to like uh, like just give you everything that you can do at once, mm-hmm. and then walk you through like okay, you've come back from a hunt. Here's the things you want to do. Here's check the yeah, check the. Botanical research, check the whatever. Check Ta- this. Yeah, talk to the
2: ecology. Yeah, guy. like
0: yeah, it's like walk you through. Like here's the important things that you should do in between hunts.
2: Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's just well, even that would end up getting buried in a tutorial somewhere. Like, yeah, but like they a lot of streamlining. Even,
0: yeah, uh, true. Yeah, but like even if they wanted to keep it at least somewhat like it is now, they need like a. Much more like hand-holdy tutorial, and like, yeah, I don't know, like, that sounds awful, but it would right. be worth it, yeah, because yeah. you would actually like know what the fuck you were doing, like, it's better than what's in place now, yeah, <laughs> and not only that, but like, and
2: I'm I, I've done a lot of thinking because the game has given me a lot of time to think about it, mm-hmm. um, but the fact that you start each after coming back from a hunt, you start each day at the in the trade yard means that in order to successfully go on another hunt, you have to run to a lift to go to the canteen, uh, which I think is there to, like, buffer loading times, so you don't have to, like, wait for the quest to load. You're doing something, like you're running up to the canteen to get a meal, Mm -hmm. but still, fuck that. Like, it's so much, like, I would much rather put the controller down and wait for the load. Then have to run up to the thing. Mm. It's just like another thing to have to deal
0: with. I'm on the opposite page on that. <laughs> I, I like the... I think it's more immersive, personally, to have to like have a hub that you actually like walk around and do shit
2: well i never even do that because like i'll take you take the lift i always (laughs) run up the stairs like i will take a lift laterally in a way that makes no sense like physically i'm like i am going to go from the workshop to the canteen i'll get on this train yeah i I like that kind of stuff (laughs) right so Uh, anything to make the the time and like
0: there's no reason to ever be in the gathering hall like it and did interact seem with other people. Useless when we uh, we messed around in it.
2: Yeah, I mean, they have like an event going on right now, but like I, it's it's you. I like I still like I ran the event like thirty times yesterday, uh, and. The whole time, all of the stuff that we were just talking about that you have to do between hunts, I was just letting rot, basically. Like, I was like, I'm not picking stuff up, not talking to people because I just want to get back into the quest. Mm -hmm. If we just had, like, a thing, if it was one thing that would just automatically dump shit into your box,
0: that wouldn't be a problem. Yeah, it feels like there should be some kind of, like, mode... That you can turn on where you're like, I just want to do like a string of 10 hunts right now. Right. Or like something like that that you could do once you got to like a certain rank or something. Like you, you could do multiple in a row. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do we want to uh, talk about the story now?
2: Yeah. I also want to mention my favorite <laughs> thing about this game. Uh, speaking of, I guess, like Tail Riders maybe would be the, the segue point. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love. That Andy
0: loves the palicos. Oh. <laughs> you love the palicos? Yeah, they're great. How could you not? <laughs> like there's we talked about like how the tone is like unexpected. To me, like the palicos are like the epitome of that. Exactly. Like but like in the best way. Like you get you just have like an anthropomorphic cat friend (laughs) that, like, comes along with you and is basically, like, your squire or whatever, (laughs) however you want to say it. He just, like, helps you fight. You can put him in, like, cool armor. And, like... (laughs) <laughs> the best he's thing is your golf caddy. Yeah, he's like your golf caddy. Uh uh. Caddy. but like the best thing is that whenever you go through water they have these little wraps. <laughs> 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 that is like they didn't need to do that. That's such like the best little touch. It's the master stroke on the palicos. Uh, but yeah, they're just like so delightful in a completely unexpected way. Yeah. Okay, I will admit I also like the Palicos, and they are (laughs) emblematic
3: of the tone, and probably my favorite thing about them is that the highest tier Palico armor you can get is, like, a beautiful wedding dress, (laughs) so that no matter, like, how cool and badass your main character man is, you have to, you like, Squire has to be this, like, demon corpse bride cat princess that runs
2: around, sprinkles fairy dust on you, and puts things to sleep. I, I prioritize looks over any, anything else mm-hmm. for the Palico. Mm-hmm. I prioritize making myself look as stupid as possible. But the uh, the, the Palico armor that I use, the Valhazak mm-hmm. one, which has like a transparent chest mm-hmm. so that you just see their spine. It's yeah. like really, it's pretty cool. And I, I don't use the Valhazak yeah. weapon, I
0: use the Scythe. I oh, also cool. use the armor I think looks coolest, which is the Legiana armor, because mm-hmm. it looks like cool anime Kingdom Hearts Keyblade armor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is actually true, come to think of it. Yeah. Oh, well.
3: Speaking of armor, before we get into larger story discussions, uh, which are certainly going to take a good bit chunk of time, uh, I think mechanically speaking, the armor system in this game is one of the few areas where I feel like at its mechanical core, not just the its obscurity and accessing it, like all the menu problems we were discussing it. Yeah. I feel like there is a problem with the armor skill systems in the game. I feel like specifically, I think the the 14 different games that are within Monster Hunter <laughs> World and or more. and how all of them have to be tied to this armor like loot progression system right forces the existence of just an on, of so many different skills and variables, because there has to be so many different things that can be desirable to the 14 different play styles, that it's almost impossible to like make informed decisions about the kind of armor you're wearing as a casual player. Like you have to sit down every time it's like it's like an hour process or more to just like pick your next goal in the armor tree if you want to make an informed decision about it because there are just that many skills you have to make as a trade-off and that there's just so much that you have to think about with armor skills that it, it overwhelms even people who i feel like are really willing to dive into it and try
2: and engage I feel like this is, like, an area where maybe my opinion is irrelevant because of how much of this game that I've played. Yeah. But also that I disagree with you pretty much, like, on base value, just, like... Completely. Okay. I think that the armor skill system in this game is vastly improved over the previous games, um, where everything had, like, skill points, but you had to reach a certain threshold for the skill to activate, Yeah. meaning that I was running around in, like, the highest tier of play, and there were still people who didn't have armor skills activated, because they assumed it works the way that it works in this game, which is how assumptions Uh, This is a good design because it operates in the way that people expect it to. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yes, min-maxing and making builds that are specifically for a weapon tend to have you sort of want to experiment with stuff and figure out, like, what are the optimal skills. But just having, like, good stuff skills, things like attack boost, weakness exploit, critical eye, critical boost, those kind of things... right? Totally viable on every weapon, bar none. And you get the weapons, the, the skills, just by having a piece of armor with that skill on it. Right. And then you can stack them and stuff, and that's fine. Uh, and then they even made it easier than ever before to, uh, barring third-party applications, <laughs> shoutouts to Athena's ass, uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's a real thing. He
3: did not make that up to force japes. I remember using Athena's ass when I played for you.
2: Yeah, it's super convenient. It was, it was
3: a great piece of software. Yeah, it was
2: necessary software to play the video game. <laughs> In this game, you literally click a stick and go to skills and look for the one you want. And then it just shows you. But
3: that's what you're taking for granted. Look for the one that you want. There are There's, like, five pages of skills that are, like, more. <laughs> like even, even in the list of, that you provided of, like, basic skills that are good with any weapon, you listed weakness exploit, critical eye, critical boost up, yeah. which I feel like are all things that are so close to one another thematically, uh, not thematically, they're so close to each other mechanically that... They should just be cut. Like, I just want this game to have, like, half to a third of the number of skills that are present. Mm-hmm. I, I'm still fine with skills having huge diversity in their kind of effects. Like, I think my favorite example of that is, I think, the inclusion of, like, Evade
2: Distance Up. is like, one of my favorite skills it, in Evade the game. Extender is my favorite skill, period. Like, I, I don't know why. I only use it on two weapons, mm-hmm. but I love it. Like, I love Evade Extender because it's just, like, let's just dive a thousand feet. Right. I just want, like...
3: The existence of this game having attack boost up, agitator, uh, your your damage is up when your health is full, your damage is up when your stamina is full, Mm -hmm. like that all feels like it's just increasing the intellectual burden needed for people to make informed decisions about what they want their armor set to be, which is supposed to be like part of the core loop of the game, is you could look at a piece of armor and go like, oh man, I want that. But if you're making that decision based on what the armor does for you, instead of like the cool-looking gold effects that are on the side of it. It's like an hour process to make that decision. And if they just cut the skills down and had sort of a little bit more restraint there, I feel like the loop would be way smoother.
2: I think that the reason that there's so many uh, armor skills in the game has to do with the fact that there are so many monsters and different types of material. So you don't want to have a monster that doesn't have an armor set. Right, because that would be bad. People would complain about it. Right. Um, and it allows you know the designers to have a little bit of fun, have like a cool looking armor set that matches whatever monster it is. Yeah, in two versions, in two different genders. So everything is like crafted, like specifically for each monster, like that yeah. four times. Um, and you want to differentiate the skills from the or in those enough to give them all their own sort of flavor. You want your uh, Odogaron armor to, you know, feel like you're really embodying that monster, and so they give it the skills that are necessary. I think I agree with you, at least, in some, uh, in some ways, because things like Agitator just there. It's like a callback to Challenger, which was a big popular skill in the previous games that did essentially the same thing. Maximum Might and um, uh, Potent... Uh, you know, that one exactly <laughs> the point that you're making. Yeah, really peak performance. That's what it is. Uh, are like both things that just do like a weird thing that require basically full investment in only one of them. Like you're not gonna mix the two.
3: Oh yeah, and that's what that's what I actually like. I think the space for skills like, for example, agitator that does kind of a weird conditional factor that you've got to keep in mind. That's similar to other skills like attack up in terms of. Its- primary function, Mm -hmm. I think those should be tied to like the set bonuses. Like, I'm fine with skills like that existing when, again, you're trying to, like, I'm the Odegaeron armor, so I get a weird skill that feels like I'm being an Odegaeron. Like, that's right. where I think that belongs, and I think that's cool as the game giving you some incentive to not look like an ugliest, hideous person. Uh, you can, you can you know, be hideous if you want. Nothing wrong with that. I, I love just, being hideous. I want there to be some reason to not be hideous, you know. Right. Just some
2: little carrot at the end of that stick. I mean, even, they really should... Uh if they wanted to incentivize not being hideous, which I think they did try with the set bonuses, Mm -hmm. I feel like they should have made the requirements a little bit steeper because, did you see that horrible garbage I was wearing when you showed up? Mm -hmm. Yes, Uh, That had a set bonus attached to it, because Rathalos armor only needs two pieces and there are four different sets of Rathalos armor (laughs) that all count toward the same thing. Yeah, So it's like uh, I guess I can just look like a jackass (laughs) and be totally fine with it. True, true. Uh but yeah, I don't know. I like the skill system better personally. I feel like uh if you played like World of Warcraft, they used to have like a big intimidating skill tree. And they wanted to appeal to more people, so they shrunk it way way down. I think whereas like a lot of people hate that, myself included, because it makes like the individuality of your build a lot worse mm-hmm. uh at the expense of like accessibility. Uh, Monster Hunter is inaccessible as always, <laughs> but it allows you to sort of like put in more
0: little like free skills, So I like that. I feel like my opinion on this is irrelevant, because <laughs> I already don't like these kinds of skills, or er, skills these kind of systems and RPGs where there's, like, dozens of skills and in order to, like, craft some armor you feel like you're preparing for a test. (laughs) Uh, I I hate that kind of stuff. I remember when you were in low rec and I was
2: like, yeah, (laughs) let me see your armor skills. And you were like... My what? <laughs> I <laughs> was like just opening like, the equipment. I was like, "No, no, no! Get rid of this! Get that shitty!" I was just like anything. making
0: the armor that had like the highest defense or whatever. Right. <laughs> well, that's another thing. Like people
2: coming from other RPGs are not going to understand the importance of the armor system. In this yeah. in the way that it's meant to be.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just ended up googling like high rank switch X armor. That's good, yeah. you know, like and then just made what the. the the person said well, is, <laughs> and it, it was all good it all worked out <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is because like, this is what i was talking about you know like uh when i at the beginning of this podcast when i shouted out the people online yeah. who've helped me k- get to an understanding of this game yeah to the point where i feel comfortable making my own sets to do wacky things like uh like stun focused switch axe builds and shit like that." Uh, it's because I was just like googling around and like, oh, this is a cool thing. Found this. I think this game just like embraces that to some extent, and I feel like you almost need, like, you need internet access to play this game, both <laughs> for the multiplayer and so that you know what the fuck you're doing some of <laughs> the time. <laughs> or you need a friend like Chad, who is basically a, a like premium Chad. strategy
0: guide for for Master Hunter. I don't want to talk about that story. Yeah, sure. I guess it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to No clip. Yeah, it's not very good. Uh
1: it's
2: someone like classic. Needs to Andy. Refresh me on what happens in this game.
0: Basically, uh there uh, Zora Magdaros is a thing. Y- you got to find it mm-hmm. and get it to leave. <laughs> Uh, then it's My, like oh no, mysterious world. crystal energy. <laughs> then you gotta find the mysterious crystal dragon and kill it. Make him leave. That's the story. <laughs> this isn't Monster Hunter world, it is Monster Landlord World. <laughs> and there's the like the theming of like, oh we're exploring the new world, but they don't really lean into that very much.
2: Not really, no. Mm. The handler likes to talk about eating things a lot. Yeah.
0: Mm. That's about it. Yeah, more than
3: lots and lots of other games that I've played, I straight up don't think that this game needs characters, like literally <laughs> any
0: characters at all. What about the easygoing Fiver? <laughs> Fiver, bro. What Fiver, bro? Everybody's favorite canteen patron. <laughs> There's like a, fo- a signed photograph of him on the wall. His Dude. literally his signature literally just says Fiverr bro. That would be the best thing like, to put in the game. Yeah, I would. I need to get just like, like a right behind end screenshot the, um, of Fiverr bro and then frame it. Yeah, put it like right behind the mewster chef like, on the wall.
1: Oh god. <laughs> So it doesn't
2: need characters, even though you're objectively wrong because of Fiverr, bro. But, uh... <laughs> so yeah, the reason that I believe this
3: is because this game, the actual gameplay of it, maps so perfectly to, like, the classic old style of I go out into the wilderness, I kill the thing that wants to kill me, and I bring back loot. Like, I don't need any motivation beyond <laughs> the cool armors and swords and shit that I make out of the bones of the creatures before me. Right. I need nothing else. Like, I, I like I, I just keep remembering in, like, the second Zora Magdaros fight where there's just, like, the fucking old guy who's just, like, shouting to you on your... I don't know. Implied intercom earpiece <laughs> yeah. that exists in the Monster Hunter universe.
2: We just like
3: he's get... gotta
0: kill it all his laws. he has got a megaphone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: I think that's actually what it's supposed to be. Is they're just like yelling through a megaphone or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I don't some think things like a codec
0: or anything. <laughs> there's no codec. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Damn it! All right, I thought it was like just
3: a
0: cool cast iron gear thing that you <laughs> they, put over. They oversight. had a the from Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Oh God, but like that they keep shouting shit like that. And they keep trying to set up circumstances like that where like there's this huge everything is riding on the murder of the thing and the game is so... De- you're just like, I'm just here to get a few more scales. Yeah, but like, not even like a, like a, oh, nine to five, I've got to clock in, get my scales. Like, I just meant, I meant from the perspective of like, the game's already has so much levity and happiness, like just mm-hmm. plastered all over the place with the Palico. It's just like, let the game be, it's the happy fantasy that it clearly wants to be, where you just like, go out and get your loot and come home and loot for looting's sake. Because right. that's clearly what you're here for, even in the narrative. Like, the whole reason everyone cares about the elder crossing is the I'm like oh we can learn more about the monsters so we can uh uh, uh not house them uh I mean actually steal them and, and take their and take their bones take their <laughs> innards yeah yeah <laughs> uh, like the, like the bones are what you're here for and bones are good enough for me uh I don't this game just straight up does not need me like these elongated intercharacter monologues where they're like speculating about why Zora might have come through over the ocean. Like I don't care about the motivations of a mountain. Like, <laughs> why? Like it's a it's an animal. None of these things have like even implied
2: intelligence. That are just beasts that try and murder you because you're around. Uh, some of them have implied intelligence, but that is just a like, an exacerbation of the exact point that you're making, is that not only do I not care, (laughs) uh, like, I don't want it to... I don't, like, it being there adds nothing to the experience. And in fact, in the case of things like Zora Magdras, which is exactly, like, a perfect one-to-one mapping of every fucking instance of this same stupid quest (laughs) that's existed since the beginning of the franchise, uh... It's a boring, stupid quest that you just go through to get to the next thing. Like, maybe the first time that you shoot a cannon at him is cool, Mm -hmm. but the ninth time that you shoot a cannon at him is boring, Mm -hmm. and then by the 30th time you shoot a cannon at him, he might actually be dead, and then you have to do the quest four or five more times if you want to make any of his stuff. Yeah. That's why like, I've just ignored Zoribagdras' armor. It's why I've ignored pretty much anything that uh, Darren and Morin would have provided. And, you know, Jen Morin, Lao Shang, all that shit basically can be forgotten. Because it is just <laughs> shooting cannons, which is uninteractive
0: and boring, at a giant thing that reacts <laughs> slowly. Uh, I feel like most people probably feel the way that you guys do. But I kind of come down on the other side of it. Like, not super strongly, right. but, like, because I also don't really care about the story at all. Yeah, and I mash X through all the dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really any of it. But, like, there, I, I like there to be some kind of, like, context for what I'm doing. Like, for me, the, the game benefits from having a story. Maybe it's too long. Maybe it's a bit too intrusive. But, like, overall I like that it's there, and it it did keep me going through.
2: I actually, yeah, because that actually isn't really where I wanted to land on this. I, I agree with you mostly, actually. I like the fact that there's context. I like the fact that they are characters, but not because of their import, the role they play in like the narrative of the game. I like the fact that there are people walking around in the city and making mm-hmm. it feel like a place.
0: Yeah, like I straight up probably just wouldn't like this game at all if it was just mechanics. Oh, like, yeah. the... the Addition, however, badly it's implemented, <laughs> what it adds for there being a story and characters and context for stuff like just makes it better for me.
3: When I said I don't want characters, I don't mean I don't want other human bodies. Right. The existence of Fiverbro is like an extreme upswing. Yeah. But Fiverbro, <laughs> for all that he is, is clearly not a character. He's, he's He doesn't have a name. He just like wants food and to force his responsibilities <laughs> on Tio And nothing ever changes about his life. Mm-hmm. He's, he's static. And I wish everyone
2: else was static instead of the like implied drama. Like... I was gonna, I was gonna call it because obviously the Fiverr bro thing is great, and we should keep making jokes about it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs>
2: but uh, the like, I was gonna, I was gonna, you know, call out the fact that like they have Matt Mercer, who at this point is probably more expensive than he was a couple of years ago. A true. Uh, it, who plays like a character in this game in a game with a story that doesn't matter, and they know it doesn't matter. And they're pretty self-aware about it for the most part. Uh, and just, it, and, like, turning in just, like, a totally passable performance. And, like, the existence of him in the game and, like, other voice actors doing other voice acting stuff is fine. But, like, the fact that it comes up so often is just, like, actually just detracts more than it should. Like the, I feel like the only time it was really annoying was during the and Find the Footprints thing, because the handler would actually talk to you in between every... Mission, yeah. Other than that, A plus. <laughs> I, remember, I remember. A plus. Don't care. <laughs>
3: my like that sums it up. Yeah. yeah. My head. My head was really just like in my hands. By the time we got to high rank, and they introduced that Goku guy.
0: <laughs> he oh, guy. Yeah, he had such like a. You're talking like the old guy with the
3: yeah, the cooler older the guy, buff old guy. To, to the buff be a substitute o- yeah. for your cool yeah. old guy he, who already his existed. like
0: introduction felt like it was such a thing that I thought he was like a character from a previous game. Like that's how much they played him up. <laughs> yeah, like if any <laughs> of the characters
2: in this game were characters in other games, I wouldn't even know. <laughs> like unless they like literally brought back like the Guildmarm who I had to talk to like admit. The same way if they brought back the handler in a future game, mm-hmm. you would just know because you dealt with them so much. I
1: don't, I don't, know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.
2: Maybe the Meowster Chef is uh, the same? Gotta love the Meowster Chef. But, I, no, he's not, because the other ones I think were just regular. I don't know. I don't even remember the, <laughs> the food guy in For You, which is crazy because you literally would talk to them. Every <laughs> single time <laughs> that you went on a hunt, yeah. stupid.
3: Good fucking food animation though.
2: Oh yeah, dude. The like by the time you get to the end, like when you fully upgraded the kitchen, yeah? it like starts with him like cutting the steak mm-hmm. in like what had to have been like they just went to like the top all time. Posts on uh, Oddly Satisfying <laughs> and just like checked boxes. They were like <laughs> a knife going through meat like smoothly and then it kind of like sort of flop, like flops down <laughs> and they cut it up and slide. Yeah, it's like it was weird. I was like, it's like visual ASMR. <laughs> I it's... still skipped it though.
3: Slight tangent, but have you guys noticed that in the jump? From the from like the I forget the console generation numbers all the time. From the most recent generation with like the PS4 and Xbox One and all that. Mm -hmm. From the prior generation of the three and of the three sixty, how like the only true graphical update that in my mind has really like popped and made itself like unbelievably like this is truly a revolution from where we were before visually, is food.
0: Um, it, it comes down... I think it's texturing is what is gotten better. Like, like f-
3: food is so beautiful now. Yeah. I thought well, it...
0: I, that's kind of a thing that has, like, a history in, like, animation. If you ever... Like, I remember watching, like, The Lion King as a kid, and there's the sequence where they're teaching Simba how to eat bugs, and I'm like, dude, I kind of want to eat bugs now, because they made <laughs> all of those look so good. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah
3: but there wasn't like <laughs> that wasn't a glisten before and now like cause i remember the first mm. time i noticed this was uh, the most food-centric of games final fantasy Cooking 15 uh. <laughs> in final
0: fantasy 15 they actually use like really high resolution pictures of actual food as the textures oh yeah oh, that's shit. why it looks so good in that game
3: oh no wonder that game always made me want to eat instead of play the game <laughs>
0: it's like a it's a real picture of cup noodles Uh. that's also a real advertisement for cup
2: noodles (laughs) I was gonna say that would be super weird if that just happened in more games Monster Hunter has like advertisements also in it which is kind of strange but it's always just for like another game. I'll admit, one thing that I do want, just because I wish it had the, like,
3: reflection of the same way you interact with crafters, like, at the armor set, mm-hmm. is that I wish when you'd sat down at, at the canteen and ordered food of the Mauster stuff, that it played the same animation of, like, cooking the food every single time, like, with the meat and the stew and all that. Yeah. But I wish that the item that you get would change based on what you ordered. So I wish they, like, go through all of that and then just, like, on the counter, slide over
2: a cup of noodles at the end. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're like eating and then like somebody slides you Just like an no, ice cold Coca-Cola It's like they put the platter in front of you And your character just sits there And then it slides in And they catch it yeah. like, And they're like mm. The other cat opens the platter There's just nothing on it <laughs>
2: <laughs> Order cup noodles. Health plus fifty. Stamina plus fifty. Attack up large. <laughs> <Depends> <laughs> up large.
0: They, they get out, like the huge platter and they lift the thing and there's just a cup <laughs> noodle.
2: <laughs> there's like an extended eating animation that takes four minutes and like shows your hunter just
3: really
0: enjoying the cup noodle. <laughs> they, they should add in the cup noodle hat. <laughs> For Final Fantasy 15, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: I could they could totally do that. Yeah.
0: They could, yeah. you could. <laughs> do a Final Fantasy 15 slash Cup Noodle crossover <laughs> with Monster Hunter. I mean,
2: Universal Studios does crossovers with them all the time. So wait, what? Yeah, Universal Studios Japan uh, is like a partner with Capcom, and so they get their own shit all the time. Oh, uh, particularly in Japan, but it will eventually come west. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Now that it's the most, it's the best-selling game in Capcom's history.
1: Yeah, I would not
2: be surprised if we didn't have, or I would be surprised if we didn't have, like, American Studios trying to do the same thing. Yeah. Like, they might get some kind of offer to be like, uh, fucking Blue Bloods, get your Tom Selleck mustache, <laughs> uh, sponsored piece of headgear. <laughs> it's like, it just puts a mustache on your investigation goes up or something. <laughs> like... <laughs>
0: Uh, so one thing I found while I was like doing a little bit of research on the game was there are really divisive feelings among people about the handler Yeah, and I was wondering what you guys thought divisive on on what avenue some people like hate her fucking guts and want (laughs) her to not exist at all and other people really like she's like waifu bait and some some people took it
3: she's hideous
0: no, <laughs> oh, that wasn't the reaction I was expecting. <laughs> I'm
2: sorry. What?
0: The first, like, literally, this is my whistle. She's got most... uncanny valley face, like all the people in the game do
3: to some extent, it's even worse with her because, and I noted this from the first time I watched any of the cutscenes. lots of characters, including her, have this like terrifying eye bag situation where like underneath their eyes is like a horrible, terrible, different color than the rest of their flesh. For other... first characters, it's just, like, pink. It's just, like, a pink crescent flesh piece that's underneath all of their eyes. But for her, it's, like, purple. Like, she's just been punched in both eyes, one after the other,
0: repeatedly. So, it's see, awful. this is what I'm talking about. People have really strong feelings. About
2: it. <laughs> Clearly. I, I obviously don't pay enough attention to the, uh... uh like, the character models in this game, because, like, I would never notice that, would have never noticed that. Uh... I think the handler is great, sp- specifically and exclusively, because she serves exactly the same purpose as the guild marm, but it isn't overtly sexual and weird. Oh, good thing I don't know what marm means. Is marm some kind of term? Uh, I think it's like a. It, it, it refers. I don't know. I'll look it up. It is a specific term, yes. Okay. Uh, All right. In the meantime,
3: while, while we are doing our no-clip fact-checked on the term marm,
2: uh, <laughs> I, to be to be clear... It's it's literally a variant spelling of ma'am. Huh. So it's the guild ma'am. It's oh, a woman who works for the guild. That makes sense. Uh,
3: I do not think that the, that the handler is, like, any worse than any of the other characters. Okay, fair. The actual worst character in this game, who is thankfully downplayed very heavily, but included in, like... The first and final cutscenes of the game inexplicably, as if he is a focus, is like orange-haired cool friend. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Oh, uh, what a weird inclusion. Yeah, like douche. Is he assistant. never. He never does anything. Fiber dude. Never.
0: Yeah. <laughs> fiber <laughs> I like to douche. sit around
2: at the uh, at the canteen and talk shit on him with fiber,
1: bro. Yeah, indeed.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. He's he's the actual worst character.
3: But yeah, I don't. I don't like I. She was assigned to me. I don't right. know. I skip through a dialogue. Because none of these characters need to be around, so I didn't treat them like people. Right.
1: I don't yeah honestly i
2: mean if anything I avoided the uh the handler most of the time because she would have dialogue before getting to the quest menu mm-hmm. so I would just go to a board like if you are a character that i would i would rather interact with a lifeless board <laughs> than you you probably aren't serving too much of a purpose yeah.
0: I feel kind of the same about her as I do about the story, whereas, like, I I appreciate her inclusion, because I, I like the idea of, like, a companion character. Like, I like the Palicos. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, e- like, I, people tend to really hate those, because, like, when they're done wrong, they can be really fucking annoying. <laughs> but, um, I I like her inclusion overall. I also think that, yeah,
2: I like the fact that she's, like, at camp. Yeah. Like, you show up and she's like, oh, you have died.
1: Mm-hmm. Have a steak. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: Uh, like, I yeah. think all that's fine. She serves well as like excuse for tutorials. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think all that
1: works
0: yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, she can be a bit annoying in the story, because she's like, I'm going to come with you, and then I'm going to be in mortal danger, and it's going to cause problems for you. But, um, <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah, you know, whatever. it, happens, it <laughs> happens all the time, yeah, she's actually more capable
3: than <laughs> most of those characters. So. Yeah. I'm actually infinitely more interested in her character and the discussions around it under, since I've apparently now just learned that she's considered waifu bait, which like blows my mind. <laughs> she's, she's just like, like none of those stereotypes. Yeah, she's
0: just like a cute girl who follows you around and like is basically like your helper, like your servant. Talks right. <laughs>
2: about how cool you are. If by cute And then they, like...
0: they put her in like cute little outfits for like the uh <laughs> yeah, The, Bas- the Bas- oh, Bas- Spring Blossom Bas- Festival. Yeah, Bas- yeah Bas- I guess they do yeah, like her, the bee outfit. She does have a
3: bee costume. I didn't consider that. It's just her normal outfit kind of looks like a mummy who works at a library, so I never
2: really a mummy?
3: Again, the dead eyes. No oh. one seems to really okay. be Yeah, no, thinking, I'm not I'm
2: not what? on board with this dead eye thing. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't know. It's it's
3: just very odd to me. If if they were trying to make her fit that trope. I guess they did a good job restraining those stereotypes well, very, I feel very like heavily. She's got,
0: I don't think she's like supposed to be leaning into like the hot anime babe like right. trope. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's more like she's like, almost like a like a Velma, where she's like the yeah. nerdy, <laughs> the nerdy, like not the kind of good looking, but like not <laughs> super hot. But you're like, you're okay. Yeah, <laughs> you realize later when you think about it, like yeah. okay, she's not bad. I thought the yeah. entire appeal of
2: Velma was the sweater, though.
3: The, thought, sw- the mini the skirt thing. is the appeal. oh yeah. well, you're
0: Not right. the sweater. You're but... right. I think uh, that yeah. would make sense considering and that, like, uh, she's in heels. I think. Oh, I guess everyone was. It's an older
2: show. Everyone yeah. was in heels in yeah. the fifties. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. I, it makes sense because Scooby Doo was like the first monster hunter. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, <laughs> fair. Before we get onto the whole Scooby Doo thing, uh, we were kind of talking about like the story and how the story takes a long t- fucking time to like progress and get to a point. Yeah. Um, I feel like because the structure of this game requires you to sort of, uh, we'll put farm in quotes. Uh, but well, we will not be the first people to talk about how Monster Hunter isn't really like farming so much as it is the main loop of the game. Yeah. Uh, But, I feel like the story has this thing where you want to keep moving through it for, like, make progression, and it drives you and puts an objective on the screen all the time, but you still want to, like, stop and go back and do stuff. So I think that's going to large... Like, the way that you handle moving through the plot is going to sort of drive your answer to this question, but... As far as this game's, like, difficulty goes, did you guys hit, like, walls? Were there things that you thought were just very hard or things that were too easy? Anything like that? I lost a quest
3: twice, which I think means that it's, like, exactly where it needs to be because I died plenty of times. Yeah. But I, I, I almost never died three times in a row, and that seems to be about perfectly where it needs to be in my mind. I had... The two times I died, is I died, uh, hilariously, not the first time I fought it, but, like, one of the repeat times. I died against Xanarjiva, and I died against Kirin the first time I fought it in this game. And the the Kirin death, actually, I feel like was a good thing in, my, in in some way, since it was the first Elder Dragon you encounter, even though you don't know it by that name at that point.
2: Was that low-rank Kirin?
3: Yeah, it was low-rank yeah. Kirin.
2: Uh, I missed the quest for that and, like, played it when I was, like... HR 60 or something. And I was like, oh.
0: I also missed it and didn't play it till just yesterday. Yeah. yeah.
2: I just, I always did every quest before moving
3: on to the next thing, which I, it, so the story got really spaced out for me in yeah. a way that I, that made it more bearable and easier to ignore. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it made the Kieran seem like a more dramatic fight because like I had, you know, I was act three. I'd already lost at some point. Stakes were raised. Yeah. Um. So I, I never really hit anything that I thought was a straight wall. I, uh, which is good, and I know an improvement from the other games because the reason that I quit for you uh, was Devil Joe. I just
2: could not beat Devil Joe, and then just sat the game down and did other things. Yeah, uh, my wall in in For You was Bracadias, and now like at this point, I just want him back. Like I want <laughs> Bracadias back in this game. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have talked about this game being a little bit too easy. Um, for people who are, like, veterans of the series. But I, I don't think Monster Hunter is a game that needs to be really difficult. I think Monster Hunter just needs to be fun to play. Because mm-hmm. um, there's in my eyes, there are, like, two ways to fail a quest in Monster Hunter. The first one is, uh, like, an out-and-out crazy battle where... Uh, you probably have multiple people and then something bad happens and, like, people die and you're like, oh, God, what a catastrophe! And it's, like, this big, like, social thing. Yeah. And then... There's the other one that I think is what drives your personal progression when it happens to you, which is where you go in and you start fighting a monster and you just feel like you're totally outclassed Mm -hmm. and you get, like, just beaten down. And you go, "What what am I doing wrong? Do I not have, like, equipment that's up to fighting this guy? Do I need to prepare? Do I just need to learn him? And then once you sort of do all that... You get this, like, nice triumphant moment when you beat it. And I feel like those are the... Go- that's, like, a good difficulty. And that's that's where I felt like Nergigante was. Mm-hmm. I thought that he... Like, the first time I fought him, he just, like, uh, made me into, like, a kind of a fine uh, powder on the ground. Uh, and then, like, two or three attempts is probably the maximum any quest really took me. Except for the two temporary basil juice. Cause fuck that quest. Also, I was using the hammer at the time. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm really? So really hard to fight that guy with a hammer. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and so I don't know. I thought the difficulty was okay uh, going through, but I also fucked around a lot during the story, which I think makes it easier. Yeah.
0: Uh, for me, it was early game stuff. Like I got this game when it came out, played up to it. the first time you fight the electric flying squirrel guy. What's he? What's his name? Toby Kadashi Yeah, Tobey Kanashii. Totally handed me my ass. Like, I was still using the charge blade. and it was, like was I, I hit a wall pretty hard there where I was like, uh, maybe I'm not a monster hunter kind of guy. Right. And then I came back to it uh, for the podcast, and I switched weapons and did some other shit and was able to beat him, like, not without that much trouble. Right. I don't know what I was doing before. <laughs> I guess I sucked real bad with the charge blade. Uh, it's but, not like, hard to do. after that, uh, like, I felt like... The multiplayer aspect like alleviates a lot of the difficulty because I never really had that much trouble, um, even with like later game stuff because I could just like bring in three other dudes. <laughs> they all just kind of like go, yeah. go to town. I imagine I would have had like a really rough time with this if I played it all by myself.
2: Right. There are some people who make the argument that things are easier solo. Uh, and I feel like it takes a very specific kind of person for that to be true. Uh, in the example of JJ, I feel like he would probably have an easier time um, for a couple of reasons. One, uh, because you use the longsword. Mm-hmm. I feel like the longsword functions best uh, in like a dual-type situation. You are completely correct, and I actually like longsword less when I'm playing with help than when I'm not. Right. And then uh, the other reason is just generally your uh, your general demeanor also. <laughs> I feel like you would have a willingness to sort of, like, learn something and go at it uh, more like mano a mano. Uh, oh, yeah. Than Absolutely. most people, whereas I want to do the spinny attack in the air and smash <laughs> yeah. the guy. And Certain
0: like, monsters just seem like they would be a nightmare to fight by yourself. Like what? Like, I was just... before I was... D- Playing before you got here, uh, I was doing a bunch of the optional quests that I neglected, and one of them was like, I had to fight an Azure Rathalos, and it's just like super aggressive. I was doing it by myself because they were lower rank than what I was, but like, god damn, was it annoying <laughs> to fight that thing like even when i was higher rank than it like yeah. it was just like a headache cuz it's jumping around everywhere it flying like, all flying over the shooting sure. fireballs like, yeah, it jumps around so much It's ai like wigs out it yeah. <laughs>
3: is kind of a freak like that
0: that that's like better not run out of flash pods yeah. so, like i did
3: <laughs> <laughs> that thing's actually the reason uh that i ended up tr- It's what prompted me to try and pick a different ranged weapon because I was like, I don't want to have to deal with this with a sword. I want to be able to, instead of just flash pod it constantly and like have to go between a state where I'm in a fight that's way too hard or not a fight and it's on the ground flapping about, I wanted to be able to like have a gun.
2: Yeah, that is, uh, they made flash pods way too effective in this game uh, because they are functional on literally. Well, not literally, but for the most part, they're functional on, like, every monster, and they're way easier to aim than they ever were in the 3DS games. Yeah. Uh, that's something that we didn't talk about that I probably won't want to, but the fact that they made the switch to the standard first-person shooter controls of using left trigger and right trigger to actually aim and shoot stuff mm-hmm. is a pretty big deal. Uh, for how effective, like, bombs are. Because in the other games, you just had to, like, kind of look in the direction you wanted to throw them, and then press a button, and you would, like, chuck them, and there you had to, like, know what the distance was. and Now you just kind of, like, go, "Bup!" and then the wrathless falls down, you smash his head in with a hammer, and you collect your rewards. It's really easy. Uh, but occasionally you have to bring some bugs with you. <laughs> That's it. Uh... But yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they would go about fixing that, or even make the thing not fucking fly around all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's
3: just more openings because openings are what make this game fun. Because you have to choose the time to commit, I and mean, it's it's okay to get Azure Rathalos kind of acts like it's enraged all the time.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's it's... why I liked Silver Wrath so much better than Azure because Silver wasn't like a spastic Rathalos. It was just like. A tougher Rathalos. What is silver Rathalos? In the older games, the oh, okay. G rank variant of uh, of Rathalos was silver. There's also a gold Rathian. Oh, okay. uh, that was the step above pink.
1: Mm-hmm. Come at me.
2: I got the. I got the knowledge. <laughs>
3: I love how you structure knowledge and information as if it's a competition and people
2: need to <laughs> assault you or attack you to prove your knowledge. I'm the king of uh, of knowledge, and if anybody <laughs> wants to to take my throne,
3: uh, come at me. I would say that's an Adventure Time character, but that show is ending, so... I'm the king of the is... No more new characters.
0: Um, one thing that we kind of sort of scratched out a bit earlier on was... Um, I want to talk about, like, the theming of the game, where, like, all the monsters are basically, like, themed, or, like, dinosaurs. Yeah. Like, everything in the game, even if it's not, like, something as specific as, like, the Anjanath is a T-Rex. They're, like... He's a T-Rex with a cool nose. Right, yeah. (laughs) You have have things like the... um, What's it called? The Yaku the one that picks up the eggs. Kulu Yaku. Kulu mm-hmm. that one who is like basically like a cross between like a flamingo and a raptor. Like you have right. a lot of like, and it looks like surprisingly natural and like almost like it could be a real thing. Yeah, you know, like the, a lot of the designs. I think that theming is really great. Yeah, one it, of the
2: things that people love to talk about in the Monster Hunter series, and with good reason. This isn't like dismissive of it. Is the fact that they do a really good job of making the monster like ecology makes sense. They put things in places that make sense for them to be in and they have them do things that seem largely natural like an actual animal would do just like scaled way up and given crazy like fire breath and shit. Yeah. Uh, I f- they their staunch adherence to the like less than cartoony style that this game has. I think Really hinders the amount of crazy nonsense that they can do. But I feel like they've been given, like, it's just enough wiggle room to mean that there's enough variety that I still love the designs. Um, but just, like, we're missing some, like, weird thing that I don't mm-hmm. really care about. Yeah, because I,
0: I think I was watching you play um, the beginning of Monster Hunter Try, or whichever one's on the Wii U.
2: Oh, u yeah.
0: 3U, or whatever. Um,. And you were fighting something that was just like basically like a cartoon ape (laughs) that looked like stupid and out of place. (laughs) Right. And I'm glad that this game has that kind of focus on a specific theme that gives it this cohesion where it it leads to just like a bunch of less, but like really great, Mm -hmm. like higher quality designs overall. Yeah. I
2: feel like uh, for every Bracadillas that we lost, which was like a 90s kid's doodle that came to life and shot Gak all over the place, mm-hmm. uh, is, like, we also lost something like the Kangalala, which is, like, the shittiest, literally and figuratively, ha, 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 far jokes, uh, <laughs> uh, monster that ever existed and I hated. Um, and so, yeah, I'm super happy to, to see things that are, like, I would rather the monsters be a serious threat and look cool and look like a thing that is threatening than a joke or just, like, some off-the-wall nonsense thing. Mm-hmm. I like variety, but I don't like it enough to, like, completely ruin something I'm going to have to fight a million right. times. Yeah,
0: and they could always add in more stuff. Like, I assume they're going to since this game they still, still works, like, extremely yeah. well. Yeah. So
3: Yeah, we've gotten two new monsters so far. And turns out, applying a constraint to yourself of make this look like it could be believable in some kind of fantasy biology isn't actually that much of a constraint because real-life biology is ridiculously
2: diverse. <laughs>
3: this is true, yeah.
2: Yeah. It's just, uh, I don't know, it's the game design... Uh, structure of it is the part that makes it because, like, you can take something that looks like crazy. I guess they do this with the small monsters a little bit. Like, you'll get something that's, like, some wacky, like the, what do they call like the Grandfather Mandra girl, uh, uh, I don't know. The big <laughs> bugs that fly around the Coral Highlands. Uh-huh. uh uh-huh. Yeah. Like, that's, like, kind of based on a real thing and scaled way up to be, like, a, a monster hunter fantasy thing. Uh, and is really cool. But, like, they couldn't do that with, like, they couldn't take that same thing and make it four stories tall and, like, (laughs) it would just be
0: weird. We weren't going to be fighting, like, a giant wiggler or anything. (laughs) Uh, That (laughs) is until (laughs) PvP comes in and everybody wears the wiggler out. (laughs) God.
3: Speaking of uh, how well the game is able to work with its biological constraints to still make cool, diverse monsters... They worked under those same constraints in the environment in a way that uh, actually blew me away, IGN.com. Uh, <laughs> it, like, there were literal... There are multiple times uh, when I was playing this game when I just, like, looked a direction while I was running through doing whatever, you know, t- tedious bullshit the game works, you to know, do with, like, harvesting stuff. Right. Where I just, like, stopped and then just, like, turned to my left and just, like, set the controller down for a little bit and then just went and got some tea... And then just, like, had some tea and then continue playing the video game. There are... The game has just, like, straight-up actual gorgeous vistas that aren't, like, cutscene vistas. They aren't... The game has its fair share of cutscenes, but they're mostly to introduce the monsters. They're not to introduce the world. And they really do let the world speak for itself. And the most beautiful moments of the game come at times that are almost kind of, like, hidden away in nooks probably my the first time the first one of these that I really found and thus the most impactful was once I finally started getting to the top of the forest region because right. this is a very cool and intentional thing because they choose where the monsters inhabit at, in that zone in particular uh, as you get into fighting more difficult monsters, you actually go physically further up the tree. Right. So when you first do it, you're like, "Oh, it's just like a jungle zone." You're at the bottom, and you hunt in the jungle. But then eventually, you start like climbing up the roots, and getting like the cool nest that's up there at the top. That that place kept getting more and more vertical in cool ways. Uh, and there's just one little sectioned off area in when you're walking through the vines where if you just walk up the right place the 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 canopy breaks open and you can see like the ludicrous gorgeousness of the new world (laughs) stretching out before you right uh and it it like it made me stop and sit back and i think that speaks a lot for the environment design and god haven't even gotten to how fantastic of an idea the coral highlands were man
2: okay all right (laughs) so i agree with that um for, especially from like the the way that this game looks the way that the game feels everything like uh all of the ecology like the small monsters the plants the animals uh the things you can like capture the things that fight you mm-hmm. uh all fit really well into the world like they they really did kind of build an ecosystem to support everything in this game i feel i feel i also feel like maybe that uh, getting around in this game is a little bit of a fucking pain in my ass all the time.
1: Come on. Uh,
2: And I feel like the Ancient Forest is, like, the one that I hate the most (sighs) because of the fact that it's just... It's so vertical that you either have to fast travel and then jump down to stuff or climb up endless vines forever. Uh, And it's really kind of a hindrance. Uh...
3: They knew how good their environmental design was because that's the reason they made it every start menu screen. And each environment has its own, like, cool little tiny... Like, they didn't make it static. They didn't just make it a vista. They made it like these little bugs that are
2: climbing around.
0: Mm -hmm. And you
3: got, like, a little eel down in the right corner and it's, like, opening its mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Like, it's all really subtle and really great and music plays up with it well. But they... As for actual environmental traversal, I'm okay with the forest being confusing and horrible because it's the first area, uh, and thus... So it should be confusing and horrible to alienate new plays. No! it's The it's the confusing and horrible parts of it in terms of navigation are all the vertical elements, which you never even have to think about, or in my case, know about until after, like, Anjanath at least. Right. And you spend the most time there, so it has the most... like. Yeah, of all the areas, you kind of have this curve where the areas functionally have less space the further and later into the game that you get. Like right. the the Elder Recess or whatever
2: is way less complicated or interesting. It's, it, it is just interconnected arenas to fight specific monsters. Right, and yeah. it, it gets more
3: like that the further down the trail that you get. Um, so the first area, the one that you spend the most time in, ends up having the most complexity because you have to go back to it most often. Um like, I, I don't know. I just you're, you're right that if you tried to navigate the whole area on foot, it would be a goddamn pain. And especially since it's so vertical and the map isn't vertical, that you don't have... Like, I wish I had a Metroid Prime map.
0: You always wish that you had a Metroid Prime <laughs> map. I know. I do. I'm kind of on the same page as JJ. Um, yeah, like, they look great and everything. But, right. like, I think the areas are really fun to traverse, actually. And they, it might just be a thing that's more specific to me, but I really like learning and navigating a space in a video game right so i i i like all the zones quite a bit i actually like the smaller ones less Mm -hmm. um but yeah like i like how well they're designed because they and how well they like house the monsters like i think they got they nailed the scale of the areas where like they feel big enough to house like all these different monsters that can show up in them like believably yeah I think that's all really impressive, and I, yeah, like I said, I think they're fun to navigate and like actually track the monsters through. So I, I think it's an A+. plus.
3: Like yeah. they're just big enough that you can't keep the totality of the area or arena square in your head. Mm-hmm. Like you can't look at it and think that like you can't really navigate your whole way through. So it ends up making it feel like this cohesive living space
2: because you can't see the boundaries of it anymore. Right. Like, you could in previous games where they were literally loading zones in between different uh, areas. There is also, like, mid-fight, there's uh, a satisfying, like, physicality to the movement where, like, it feels good to, like, grappling hook up to a wedge beetle Mm -hmm. and, like, do a plunging attack on some poor fucker's skull uh, with, like, a big hammer swing or, like, a hunting horn or something. Um it's just the in between times that I take issue with. And of course, I'm going to take issue with like some time consuming fiddly bullshit. Because like, that's <laughs> what I do professionally, <laughs> is take issue with
0: that. <laughs> Anything that can allow me to mine more, uh. Um, whatever, uh, oh, yeah, crystals. Fucking mining! <laughs> we. Andy and I <laughs> failed Diablo's quest
2: because he was like, ooh, let's mine this thing! <laughs> 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 And got
0: flattened. <laughs> yeah. I, I find, like, mining the crystals in this game to be, like, one of the most, like, strangely satisfying, like, <laughs> things to do. It's well, so, one, because they look cool. Look cool, for sure. And two, like, it makes, like, a satisfying sound effect when you, like, chip away at them. You know? Yeah. It just, it feels good.
2: Right. The foley in this game is insanely good, also. Just, as I mentioned, like, uh, the... Uh, like, when you find, like, a, a mucus or, like, the mud or whatever, and you scrape it into your, like, little container thing, mm-hmm. and it, like, makes, like, this shik, shik, and then you, like, close the thing, and it has that, like, noise. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. Oh, God, I love it. Um, so we're uh, super, super long on this. True.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: things that we didn't mention at all, just quickly... Uh, the Scout Flies is a great solution for, uh, decompartmentalizing the maps. Being able to, like, track a thing using, uh, like, a little meter that builds up. Gets kind of annoying, like, when you're at, like, the mid-stages where you're like, ah, I gotta do this thing a couple of times before I have to go fight the monster, but I'm already used to fighting the monster. Middle part, I don't like. Beginning and great. Love them. Yeah. Uh... They brought back a lot of monsters for like the end game content, so like uh, Tiestra and Kushala uh, Deora, uh, who I really wish they would have maybe branched out a little bit more when it came to like the boss monsters, because you're gonna fight them a whole lot. Yeah, uh, the grappling hook is underutilized. Agreed. <laughs> those those are my th- my three things. <laughs> There's, I almost wish.
3: The few times this game does have environmental interaction, it's so crazy and cool and surprising that, like, I, I feel like I want more of it, but I feel like I might also be... That, that instinct and the impulse to want more might be the five-year-old in me wanting to, like, shove ice cream down his throat until it explodes. <laughs> uh, because the first time when I was up in, like, the nest region of the forest area and fighting, you know, like a Rathalos and it accidentally broke open the tree, mm-hmm. that's... It was just unbelievable like it, it completely went against all the expectations that you'd built up to that point for how things interact with a space and it made you realize that like oh some parts of this aren't just invisible video game walls that tails clip through right some of them are giant dams that hold back a lot of water and then <laughs> create like cool set piece moments where
2: everyone's trying to get out of the waterfall
1: and with um,
3: like
2: an additional little area behind it that you can get to once it's been broken like stuff like that
3: yeah stuff like that was fantastic but i, I don't know the correct balance uh that that the, the perfect balance of a num- amount of those interactables while still keeping the impact and surprise of each one that triggers. Mm-hmm. So my impulse is to not to want to change it because when they did happen, they were so cool. Right. Um,
2: I think we should move on to final thoughts. And I think that your discussion of that thing specifically is a great way to sort of like encapsulate what how I feel about this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is... When Nergigante wakes up after going to nap sleep time, uh, and he busts through the wall and, which he does every time, Mm -hmm. and then there's, like, a cloud of smoke that forms so you can see his silhouette with, like, the blue light behind it. Mm -hmm. That is this game in a nutshell. You, uh, the game presents itself as this, like, untouchable, crazy thing with all of these mechanics and all of this, like, crazy scenery and you're tracking a monster in a new world and everything is amazing the first time you see it. And then you repeat it a million bazillion times and it loses that initial impact but is still fun to do. It is seeing Nergigante's silhouette in the smoke for the 300th time and finding it funny instead of intimidating, but still enjoying it. Indeed, could not say anything better than that myself.
0: Uh, okay. Um. <laughs> 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 uh, I've only played, what, 53 hours of this game? A mere 53 yeah. yeah w- w- that's true. <laughs> like, for most people play hundreds of hours of these games, so... Take what I say, you know, take that into account with what I say, but, uh, -hmm. I like this game quite a bit. I thought I might bounce off of it. I thought I might've wasted $60 uh, (laughs) after the first couple times I played it. But, uh, once you get over the hump, you know, if you have a friend, if you find some good tutorials or whatever, it's a lot of fun to get into, but like, I, you know, I played through, I made the weapons I wanted. I got like two, uh weapons up to like max level i made all the armor i wanted i completed the story with quotes um i don't know how much longer i'm gonna play it like i don't know if i'm the kind of person that's really gonna dive into the mechanical game loop of it all but uh i enjoyed it for the one playthrough quite a lot so um i think they succeeded in making this game more accessible to a general audience with Mostly. Yeah. You know.
2: I think that's kind of the, the, the strength of the world in comparison to the other ones, is exactly that, like, appeal.
1: hmm
2: Also, the Great Sword is still actually the best weapon in Monster Hunter, just, like, from a mechanical standpoint. It's the best one, period. Thank you for listening to Noclip this week. What are we talking about next time? Uh, next time we're gonna kick off Mystery May, a.k.a. Anime, a.k.a. <laughs> Mystery we're just going to go with Mystery May, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and we're going to be talking about nine, nine, and nine. Uh, I don't remember the three things, but uh, nine, nine persons, hours nine hours, nine doors, nine yeah. friends, yep. nine friends. It is nine doors. Yeah. Okay, I don't yeah. know
0: the order of those things, <laughs> <laughs> but it is those yeah. or there. Na- Yeah.
2: Uh, until that time, you can get a hold of us uh, at our website, uh, noclippodcast.com, uh, or pro. I feel like you need to keep mentioning that. Mm-hmm. Slash Team <laughs> <laughs> uh, you Where you can find uh, all of our old episodes. Uh, I don't think we've really talked about much that's like Monster Hunter, but like, I don't know. You probably like Dark Souls, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, <what> it <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, other than that, you know, we're on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play. However, you're listening to us now, we're there too. Uh, <laughs> thank <laughs> you. Uh, good, good, and good night. <laughs>
1: okay. Perfect. Oh, oh fuck. no! <laughs> Ruined. We had to record the whole thing. Okay? <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's the the superstition. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Story the handler, how they handled the handler. Mm-hmm. Handling right. handlers. Whether why people seem to want to handle the handler. <laughs> yeah, handling the handler's <laughs> handles. Uh, That's what I mean.